everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 167 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Sam is out, so we can make fun of Boston sports while he's gone. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we haven't live streamed this episode, but we're going to deliver to you guys at the usual time, on the usual day. So none of you guys get to watch this on the stream. You're all watching it fresh for the first time. Speaking of fresh, we have a fresh sponsor who's sponsoring this episode of Game Face. DeShazer Ryan Realty has been leading Northwest Montana real estate sales for over 30 years. His family owned and operated with the knowledge to help you find your own unique piece of Montana. Visit www.deshazerryanrealty.com and there you will find every property currently listed for sale in Montana. Or call 406-293-7706 and ask for Doug to get the ball rolling. If you aren't able to re relocate to God's country, don't worry, Sifters. Doug DeShazer specializes in finding you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live. He facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. Feel free to email Doug with any questions at DeShazerMT at gmail.com. That's DeShazer Realty at DeShazerRealty.com. So thanks very much for our new sponsor. I will say this. My brother-in-law owns a home in Montana. Mm. He lives in the Pittsburgh area, but has a home in Montana that he goes out to ski or snowboard or hunt like a few times a year. And then he just rents out that house like the rest of the year and makes bank. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if, you're, if you have some disposable income and you're looking to invest in real estate where you can make some money, you should probably give Doug a call. So I've always vaguely believed that my destiny lies in Missoula. Missoula. But I don't, I think that's in a different part of Montana. <laughs> big state. Yeah, it is a big state. Uh, so let's get on with the show. We're going to kick things off talking about Days Gone. Obviously, we covered it last week. Uh, one of the things we mentioned last week was how gigantic the game is, and it absolutely is. I am about 40. Well, I don't know if I'd say gigantic so much as it just goes on. There's a lot like, to do. Yeah. There's a lot to do, and there's not much to do. Yeah. Like at the same time, it's like because <laughs> it's the same thing that yeah, you're doing over and over again. It's like a it's like a ten year old Ubisoft game in that regard. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to to compare it. It's like here's five things. Do them each twenty times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I will say this: as you get in past like the 20, 25, 30 hour mark, the story does get better. Yeah, I haven't. I played a little bit more and just sort of. Never turn it on again. Like, yeah. It was, just, it was just like... like <laughs> I'm I still grinding yeah. along. I'm but still I will playing. say, um, like, getting to the third camp, uh, I think it Lost Lake, yeah. uh, it felt like the story finally woke up. That's kind of um, where the whole game, I hate to say it, kicks into gear? Yeah. I, I, it's weird to me <laughs> that, that there's so much filler before you get to Lost Lake, because Lost yeah. Lake, they finally kind of find a hook that doesn't rely on you caring about this psychotic man's flashbacks to his like bland wife yeah and uh and also constant radio conversations with his jerk of a friend like i like, think that's there's the nothing key. to hang on to until you get to lost lake and you start to see like you start to see these people that that uh, deacon also had a relationship with in terms of like yeah. you know, it's probably the closest that deacon had found to a place to belong uh after the fall yeah um, for sure so like there's there's some weird bad blood and some like um, there's some actual character development. Yeah. You know? Like well, the other it, thing that happens at that point, I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm not a fan of Boozer. Boozer is no. Deacon's sidekick. He is one of the most unlikable characters I've seen in a game, television, or film in a really, really long time. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like, adhere to the idea that a character has to be likable to be good. Right. No, I like, agree with that. Yeah. 
he serves no purpose in the narrative except to keep you in that one beginning Area. section of the map. Yep. Like, that's the only reason he exists. Yeah. And once you get to the camp that you mentioned, that all kind of changes. Mm -hmm. He's no longer the focal point of the plot at that point. And that's when things kind of shift gears. Yeah. And in my opinion, the story actually gets vaguely interesting. Yeah. It's Every still time not amazing, I see that but... like, storyline where it's just like, I have to keep Boozer alive is the objective. And I'm just like... Do I, though? Yeah, it, it like, keeps creeping up. Like, every mission you do, it goes up another 3%. Yeah. It's like, how long is this going to take? So once you get to that camp, that's where that yeah. plot line kind of ends. And yeah, I, I kind of, like, I was like, oh, that's a little more interesting. And then I turned it off. I just didn't turn it back on the next day. And then I didn't the next day. And then you know how you know that happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just sort yeah. of drift away from it. And before you know it, it's like, oh, it's been, like, a week. Why would I... Why, why would I go back yeah. now? Yeah. I have continued to grind away at it. It, it has held just enough of my interest to keep me playing. And I think that's that's compounded a bit by the fact that there isn't much else to play right now. Yeah. It came help. out at the perfect time. Yeah. I mean you came I mean like you showed up today and I was finishing up my second playthrough of Assassin's Creed Origins. Right. It's not it's not like I'm <laughs> I'm playing some cutting edge stuff I couldn't ignore. It's yeah. just like, no, I like this. I think I'll do this again. So, yeah. Uh, I, look, I'm moderately enjoying it. Now that I've gotten powerful enough where I can actually take on the hordes and not just immediately die and have no chance, uh, the game has become more interesting because for the first 20 hours or so of that game, if you see a horde, you just run. Mm. I fought one, and I literally, it took everything I had to beat it. And I had to do it multiple times and go through trial and error and see what their behaviors are going to be. Uh, but still, I mean, even after that, even past the 20-some hour mark, you see a horde, it's still a little intimidating. Like, you don't want to just jump in and go after it. And I kind of like that dynamic of these kind of roaming enemies that could that you can beat, but more likely are going to bring death instantly. And it just kind of creates this sense of dread as you're playing through the game. I've also found that, like, they show up at, the at like, the worst times. Like, you've just tried to take, like, a point... And you're all depleted of like your ammo and your health, and here comes like a horde rolling through like down the street or whatever. Um, yeah, I haven't. I the horde stuff has been sort of. I was just kind of skirt around things. Or, yeah, there was one nice thing where uh, I think you were even here when it happened. Where I was trying to clear a camp, and there was a horde in a cave near near the camp. And one of them, when they saw me, yelled and it alerted the horde, and the horde came out and just like steamrolled everybody in the camp and like went right past me because I was hiding behind a rock. Yeah. And they just like all walked by me. That, that becomes was, a viable like, a good, like There's some pretty good moments where you see like you, you see hordes in the distance or you see them sort of moving across the landscape and you're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like those, those are the cool moments in the game. Another thing you can do is you can use the wildlife to help. Mm -hmm. So like if you run into a bear and it's close to like an outpost or whatever, I'll just tease the bear until mm. it follows me all the way down there. And then you just sit back and just watch right. it just wipe everybody out. And again, that's something we've done in Far Cry. Yeah. And but I'm looking for comfort food with this game at right. this point. <laughs> well, that was I didn't bring it up, uh, but there was a one of the quests in in the game to to get out of the area you're in. It makes you fight and kill a bear. Yeah. Um, which is sniffing around your motorcycle. And I went up. I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta kill the bear. I got, I didn't want to kill the bear, but like, I was like, I'll kill. Okay, so I shot, I shot him in the head with a crossbow, and he ran away. Like he ran, <laughs> like away behind the gas station and like down like halfway into the town. I'm like, oh, I'm so, and it's like, 
kill the bear. I'm like, it wouldn't let me get on the bike until I killed. I'm like, but I chased the bear. Oh, I don't need to kill the bear. So I had to like go back into the zombie infested town to hunt the bear down. Oh, geez. And the bear just kept running away. The bear ran like a mile away from. It must wow. have been an error or something because he <laughs> would not attack me. Because what happened with for me with that was the bear. I just went inside the gas station, and the bear just circled the gas station. Mm. It won't come in the door. So I just stood at the doorway, just waiting for him to walk by, and I just light him up, and yeah. I go to the next doorway, light him up. Yeah, until I, 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 want, I tried him. to play defensive, but like. He just ran away. He just ran. That's the like, other thing. The freakers in the game, their pathfinding isn't great. So you can jimmy it like a yeah. lot of times. Like they won't go through doors a lot of times. So you can just stand at an open door and just wait for them to just pile up there and just kill them all. Um, there have been a bunch of patches for the game since. Yeah, I've noticed that. And I will say this. I have not had any audio issues since they hmm. patched it. It always... It always flummoxes me when a game comes out and it has like a, an overt obvious issue. And then it's patched out within like a week. It's like, who was playing the game before that and didn't catch well, it? Well, I haven't had any of those audio issues on mine, so it must be like some particular configuration of something. It's possible. And like, you, you can't test for everything. Yeah. So like, once it gets out in the wild and millions of people are doing it, then you finally get the telemetry that's like, oh, this isn't working right. It's pretty common. I mean, I mean you, they fixed it fast. They did. Least. And if you watch like video reviews from almost any outlet, they have clips of the audio issues in it. So mm. it wasn't the only like audio issues was like I had was the delayed... Uh, video like the, right. the video being like eight seconds behind the audio yeah. which in cutscenes not in the main game but like I, that I've never seen that before in a in a game I mean that game cost what seventy million yeah hundred million I guess yeah like around there just just in terms of how long it's been in development and how much it costs to keep a development studio open year by year yeah you're in that range yeah um, I've never seen that kind of an audio weirdness yeah me in, either uh, for a game that had a, in that a game kind of, a of that especially a game that came out of Sony Sony generally you know, yeah, I have a pretty feeling, technically solid. I have a feeling Sony was just like, look, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, just get it. Just, Seriously. Just get it out. It's man. like, we needed it for this quarter, mm. and you're going to have to deliver it. And I think that... It's already been pushed back by, by a few months, like twice. Yep. Like, yeah, it had already been delayed a couple times, and Sony's just like, you know, we could let you work on this forever, yeah. but we're not Take-Two, and we're not Rockstar. But even so, with that, and it's like, imagine what this would have been like if it came out in February. Oh, gosh. It would... Could you imagine the scores it would have got? No, I mean, all, I mean, already, it already got treated pretty harshly. It did, like, yeah. And I can't quite figure out why. Like, like it's just it's there. not. It's just it's there. Not yeah, it's, bad. It's, a, it's a fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's it's a fine. good way to put it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. And like, but it gets a five out of ten from GameSpot. I know. Like, it's what? Really? Really bizarre. Like, that's really odd. Like, yeah. Like, 5 out of 10 at that place is, like, reserved for, like, this game killed my dog. No, I will say and this like about GameSpot. like, made fun of my mother. Like, there's yeah. no, like, like, it, those are usually games that, like, don't function, like a broken Earth Defense Force or something. You know? I will like, say this about GameSpot, though. Of all the big commercial sites, it does use the whole scale more than any of the others. But you're right. Like, typically a game, like, of that quality would still be around a 7 on GameSpot. Mm-hmm. And I uh, got a five. And you go and look at the other games that got fives, and you're right. Most of them were, like, broken. Yeah, they don't match up. It's like... But depending have, on your experience with this, you might think it is broken. I guess, but it's like as someone who has not been had any interest in this game ever. Like, you yeah. just, you know, yeah, every you, time I've seen <laughs> yeah. it, I've just been like, who cares? Yeah, you're completely like, you know? ambivalent to it the whole uh, time. But I remain pretty ambivalent. I mean, I certainly didn't hate it. I yeah. didn't, you know, there's... There's a lot of it. I, I was bored playing it, and there was a lot of time when I was like, oh, this is all right. Like, yeah. this is... 
It has its moments. Like, I sure. can at least understand, having finally played it, I can finally understand, like, why it got made. You yeah. Know, I, I can certainly understand why someone would think this was a good idea. Uh, particularly, like, five years ago right. when it started. Right. <laughs> and, uh, the height of Walking Dead mania. I mean, that's the this. danger yeah. of developing a game that takes five years. Yeah. Like, a two-year cycle, think, it's not that big a deal, but... Also, I think it would have been a more impressive release if it had made it before God of War and Spider-Man. Oh, for sure. Frankly, yeah. like I think I think those raised the bar for Sony's first, you know, first in the same way that Last of Us 1 raised the bar and Uncharted raised the bar like you have an expectation now of Sony first party stuff and but they're not all going to be that, you yeah. know, like but and Days Gone is a is a sharp 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 reminder of that. Yeah, I think we had started to assume that it was always going to be that way though. Yeah, that was the thing I that was why I, I mean I don't care about zombie stuff to begin with, but like I also don't care about bikers. Yeah. I certainly don't care about bikers in the woods. Yeah. I don't I don't know why being in the woods makes it dumber to me, but like yeah. for whatever reason if it was more of like an urban setting, I think I'd be more But then that well, it would be, be the same more game. interesting. Instead of just yeah. riding through the woods all the time. Like there's no yeah, big Yeah, if you cities. just want to sprinkle some zombies into Lost and Damned, like I'm cool with that. Yeah. But like this is just it sure is a lot of pine trees. Yeah, there. it's a beautiful part of the, part of the country. It is, uh, but and it smells really good. But that doesn't do me any good when I'm on a bicycle, on a motorcycle that gets five miles to forty thousand gallons. Yeah, like it's just yeah. It's the, the the speed. I mean, I I know that maybe you're not dealing with the most like efficient fuel converters and carburetors in the post, but it's like you're not getting that much. Yeah. for come on. <laughs> uh, probably a lot of you guys are wondering. Okay, well. So Shane's played more. Has it really changed his overall impressions or opinions of Days Gone? And I would say no. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has gotten a little bit better, but I still have a problem trying to recommend it as a full-price purchase. I still think $40 is probably the sweet spot for it. I also wouldn't be surprised if the price of the game is dropped to yeah. $40 in the not-too-distant future because UK sales, first week was pretty good, second week lost 70% of sales. Yeah, I, th I think, I mean... The, so there's a lot of copies out there sitting on store shelves right now. I mean, the five-week $40 rule is in play with almost every major release now. So I, yeah. would, I would think by the beginning of June, yeah. you'll, you'll at least see a week where they put it on sale for that. For yeah, because Amazon, GameStop, they're going to have a lot of copies of that game to mm -hmm. offload because I guarantee they ordered a ton of them because it was and is a Sony first-party release. Mm -hmm. And typically, that's money in the bank. But Even the cover is not interesting. I know. Like it's, just, just, yeah. it's just sort of gray and brown. I mean, one thing I'll say about it is that they haven't misrepresented the game. No. No, not at all. <laughs> but it, it's like in a lot of ways it feels like a game from last gen. Yep. Absolutely. Like I don't think you could do a lot of what it's doing tech-wise last gen, obviously. Well, the, but, the zombies would be made of, of like uh, 200 polys right. or whatever. Or like, and the sound is there and the, you know, there's a lot of like, like the weather effects are really impressive. But like the actual game design. Yeah feels old it does yeah absolutely so it's probably the last time we're going to talk about days gone uh, maybe when dlc comes out if it comes out yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I was gonna say like oh maybe in the game of the year when we do this but it's like you know what like it wouldn't even make like most disappointing or worse you know just, no I because had no it's expectations just there it's like you it. said yeah. it's fine Although I might, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. There's a lot of year left to go, but like, uh, I do think it has some of the uh, other than the the technical issues. I think in terms of sound design, audio design, it was very good. Like, I it it sounded like the woods. It used the surround better than almost anything else I've played this year. Mm -hmm. uh, I looked behind me a couple times because I thought it just my my brain thought a bird was in the room. You know, it's just like they they do a really good job with the sound. 
uh, when it works. The thing that people probably notice the least. The least, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, the, you know, the sound of the motorcycle, the sound of, uh, you know, go in a tunnel and just make noise. Or... With, and all, this, all the tunnel reverb on all the different sound effects, the guns and the hitting things with, this, with the melee weapons and the, 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 the motorcycle re- engine, like, it all sounds phenomenal. Like or the, just listen to the sound of the motorcycle tires yeah. across all the different surfaces. All, yeah, the, yeah. Every, everything. Like there's the one camp that you get where there's like a wooden plank bridge mm-hmm. that leads into the camp and you have to drive across it like all the time and you're leaving yeah. yeah, but then there's also puddles the where the so the bridge like dips down below the water and the sound that it, it picks up that little patch of water when you drive through it. You're right. The audio in that game maybe that's something we do talk about during game of the year discussions yeah. uh, because that probably is his best achievement to be part and sadly it's most buggy element. So yeah, although I, I feel like a hard, I have a hard time blaming the sound team for that. Yeah, in the it's like, the programmers. There's yeah. got to be something. Yeah, but like, like give give the give those sound people a raise over there, Sony Bend, or someone hire them, or whoever whoever did that. <laughs> yeah, or or what you know. What's, what's Corey Barlog doing? Maybe <laughs> make a phone call. Not too. the God of War sound was. Oh no, not at all. But I, I just feel like I feel like uh, the sound work in this game was on par with the best of what Sony's first party stuff puts out. It, they are they out. are clearly in the same league yep. as the people at Santa Monica and uh, um, Insomniac, for for instance. Yep. So. That was that's definitely audio is a star of the show in that game. I don't I don't know what else. And to most say. people won't care. No, I'm sure they won't. <laughs> but sound matters. Yeah. Even, well, if I, you, even if you don't notice it. I think it's sound, also important matters. for us to point out parts of games that maybe we don't like or recommend overall that are still excellent. I think it's yeah. a big part of being even and uh, editorially fair. So. I think it's only right that we point at yeah. the stuff in games that we like. like even if, when I was bored playing the game periodically, I would just be like, Ah, I'm so bored. But it really sounds good. <laughs> like, it really does. It, it is. Really is. I'm sure to the folks at Sony Ben, that's small consolation, though. Well, except the sound people. Yeah. They're, they're like, damn right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least somebody recognized it. Yeah, those guys are jerks. They're just like, oh, they recognize my fucking sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about console controllers. I don't know if you know it or not, but E3 is now 34 days away. A month and four days from E3, where presumably we're going to get the first look at the next Xbox and also presumably its controller. You think? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. You don't think so at all? I don't think so. I think it would be a monumental mistake for Microsoft to have this stage to itself and not take advantage of it. I think they're, they'll go, they're going to talk about it. They'll probably do it, but they'll, I think they're going to do something like the Cerny thing. They're going to give us some specs. They're going to give us some hopes and dreams, but we're not going to see anything real we'll see i believe we will see something related to the next xbox which got me thinking what do we want to see from controllers in the next generation they're important they're the interface they're what they're the conduit the medium that connects us as players to these virtual worlds that we live and play in and to me they're extremely important but they haven't changed that much in quite a while but Looking at a lot of the new VR controllers that are hitting with these new VR HMDs really got me thinking about, okay, what can they do with the typical console controller to improve it over time? And obviously we have a big paradigm shift coming up with these new platforms. This is the perfect time to debut some kind of new functionality on a controller. What 
are you missing from console controllers in 2019, if anything? Absolutely nothing. You think they're perfect and they can't be improved? As I don't they think are they're right perfect, now. but like I mean, just but like the changes I would make would be like ergonomic fixes that specifically cater to my individual hands, you know. But I think as and as far as like a mass market controller product goes, I'm I would say the Xbox Elite controller is about as good as it gets. The problem with that it's controller, too goddamn expensive. Right. The problem you can't like, pack that in with a console, unfortunately. Right. Um, so my, my, honestly, my biggest thing would be, cause I don't care about the video screen that's like rumored on the PlayStation 5 controller. I don't care about weird motion aiming stuff like where, like, like the Switch does. I don't care about any of that stuff. The main thing I want is better build quality, more reliability, and the ability to either in the controller or in the OS to recalibrate the goddamn analog sticks because every single PS4 controller I've owned this generation lasted a year and then one of the sticks started to drift. Really? And like every time, and you'd always, the funny thing is I'd always notice it on Destiny because Destiny has the menus where you have to use the cursor and at a certain point you just let go of the thing the cursor would just sort of drift up and to the right. That happened and to like, me with PS3 controllers. And I didn't have a ton of I had problems with that. PS3 controllers that would just completely cut out. And then mm. once I replaced that one and got a new one, after a couple years, that second one started to drift bad. Like yeah. so bad that if I sat my controller on the coffee table, the character would move in the game. Yeah, that was that was as bad as it was on one of my PlayStation, the, the launch play, PS4 controllers. Wow. Because um, mine was fine. And in fact, that how it is impacting me during the Division, the first Division, because that was around the same time. And I kept getting hit because I would I would lose cover, and then like when I went back to Destiny while I was still playing Division, like even the people I was playing with noticed. Like, why do you keep popping out of cover? Like, I'm like, I'm not trying to. It's just like wow. And then like and then I went and played. We went back and played uh, Destiny when like some new update happened, and I noticed on the menu screens that it was drifting down and to the right. And I'm like, that's why I keep popping out of cover in the Division is because it keeps pulling the character yeah, off yeah. the thing. And I ordered a new control. I went to Target, I think, or Target or Best Buy. I got a new controller and brought it back and instantly. Everything was fine. Huh. Um, and then a what year later. What about late, your PS4 Pro controller? Uh, Pro controller is still okay. It's been good so far. That one has not um, had a problem. Okay. Uh, and and I'm still good. I think I'm good on the old PS4 controller because I only used it for about a year. And I did actually buy the uh, replace it for free. Oh, you did? Thing from Best Buy. For <laughs> I like never buy bucks. those things. Because I'm like, look, I've been this is the third one. So I'm gonna, um, and then that third time was and the then, charm. And uh, then my, my launch Xbox One controller uh, didn't work. It my kept, D-pad died It, it kept disconnecting and it wouldn't connect. And then I sent it in to be fixed. And I'm and they're like, we'll just send you a new one. I'm like, no, I want the day one. Yeah, because it has the screen on it. It says day one, yeah. And so they're like, okay. Well, so they sent it back and I'm pretty sure it was just the same one. Or it was either the same one or it was, a, it was one that like... Uh, had been refurbed or whatever. So, but and it, it, it still didn't connect. It would, really? it would not connect. And I was using my my friend's borrowed. I borrowed a controller from. Him. I was using that, and it would connect. And it connected wow, fine. Wow, and like that's, weird. that's what I've been using since I sent. You know, it took like three weeks to get the controller. But so I was just that was what I was been using. So it was, the Xbox was fine. It was all in the controller. And I get the my day one controller back. It still won't work. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll email them and figure it out later. And I threw it, threw it on the couch and like and used the other controller for a while. And at some point, I like lay down and stretched out on the couch. And the the other controller, the day one controller, was still sitting there, and I went to like kick it away, and it burned my foot. And I went, I'm like, what? And I pick it up. The batteries are red hot. Oh, like my it was. Gosh. They basically like was sent explode. me a time bomb. Like if explode. I hadn't accidentally, I haven't, if I hadn't just like kicked it away and noticed that, like God knows what would have happened to that. Wow. Thing. And I so I, and I had like 
knock the the batteries out because I couldn't touch them. They're yeah. too hot to touch. And like like put them like away so on the counter so they would cool off and stuff. And I wrote, I'm like, you sent me like a an explosive a device. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> could you maybe pay for shipping this time? Yeah. And eventually they did send me like the right controller. Uh huh. Uh, and then that one eventually the analog stick stopped working and I gave the up. The D-pad went bad on my um, day one. And then the uh, you had all your Joy-Con problems, of yep. course. I have not used my Joy-Cons enough to know if they suffer from that drift issue. I know there's a there's an analog drift problem that a lot of people have had. I don't know if mine have that. Mine just wouldn't connect. That was yeah, that was another problem. So basically my, my request for new controllers, um, make them work properly and make them work longer than a damn year because these things cost a lot of fucking money. Yeah, like, it sounds like you want durability more than anything Yeah, else. I want I want something that lasts a little... If you're going to charge us 80, you know, 60 to 80 yeah, bucks for a controller, yeah. like this thing better last the rest of the generation. Like there's no excuse for that. My, I'll say this, my PS4 And give us the tools in the OS and whatever to fix calibration issue. Like yeah. that was the thing. It's like if I could have just like done something on the PlayStation 4 that like recentered the stick, it would have been fine. But there's no option to do that. So I can't do anything except send it to them to get fixed or buy a new controller. And like my solution was buy a new controller because I'm impatient and I didn't want to deal with Sony customer service anymore than I had to because they were like, wait, it's what? And it's like, you know, they didn't understand the problem right. and they wanted to charge like basically almost as much as a new controller would cost to fix it. Yeah. So, and then I'd have to pay shipping on top of that. <laughs> you might as well so just I'm, go buy one. So I'm just like, you know what? How about you just make the controller? And, and the one controller I haven't had a problem, I mean, I haven't had a problem with the PS4 Pro controller, which has been like, what, two years now? Yeah. So that's good. I guess they fixed some of that. And then the Elite, I have two Xbox Elite controllers, one for my PC and one for my my Xbox and I use them constantly and they are flawless. The problem is that you pay for that flawlessness. Yeah, my replacement Xbox One controller has been great. I got one of the Arctic white ones. And oh yeah, the new the new Xbox One X uh, controllers are really good too. Yeah, but um, but yeah, my base Xbox One controller lasted less than a year before the D-pad just stopped working. Yeah, and those D-pads were weird anyway. They were really like clicky. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, to me that fix right away. Like they need a better D-pad on Xbox controllers, which is weird because I was totally fine with the D-pad on the Xbox 360 controller. Yeah, so put a, sometimes they, they overthink. Well, the D-pad on the 360 was not good. Um, it was better than the one though. Uh, I, can't, I don't remember the vanilla one controller well enough. It was click, like literally it, would, it clicked. It was like click, 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 click. Yeah, I remember the click, but it worked, which is more than you can say for the 360 controller when you're trying to play 2D games or fighting games. Yeah. Uh, then the the... The best D-pad on an Xbox controller has been uh, the the late 360 era one where it was the spinny D-pad. Yeah, where yeah, you, where you could spin it and it, it lift popped up. up. Yeah. That was great. It was great. That was a great yeah, D-pad. But that's what, what flummoxes me is that it's, they had a great D-pad. Right. And then they changed it and made it worse. Yeah, and then the, the one on um, the, the Elite controller is better. But it is not as good as the spinny D-pad. Huh. Interesting. I still prefer that. I still don't have one of those I mean, partly because the spinny D-pad, just the feel of it, feels a little similar to the old Saturn controller, which remains the best D-pad of all time of anything ever, was the the Saturn, both the Japanese Saturn controller D-pad and the Saturn analog controller D-pad. Those were the chunkiest, most precise, best D-pads I've ever used on an official controller. I like to feel a little bit of resistance from a D-pad. And that's why I hate the stock Xbox One because it's literally like it's yeah, just there on is or no, off. It's, yeah, it's just the it's click, click is the click, only click. thing that gives you any kind of indication you're yeah. doing anything. That's true. Yep. That's true. And so it looks sounds to me like you want durability to be yeah. sort Before of Before you start tenant. packing on more complicated shit that we can't fix at home that could go wrong, 
make the controller work. That yeah. would be my request. Make the controller work longer than six months because people are going to shell out a lot of money for these things. Now, I would agree that they should get the basically the durability of the of the controller in check before they start adding features. I mean, you'd think you wouldn't have to request that. I know. You know it it like, is kind of silly. I mean, it's kind of a silly thing to request because I'm like, hey, I would like it if the controller didn't break. Duh. Yeah, you yeah. know, like this should be obvious. But it seems like it isn't anymore. Well, I'm going to assume that they will do a better job with build quality this time. And I also agree with you that the screen that's rumored, and I don't even know if it's rumored anymore because there have been like, 10 or 15 different shots of the PS5 dev kit. Probably a lot of them fake. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that's been the same through all of them is the controller with the screen. Um, so it's really starting to look like that's yeah, it, a thing. You're definitely hitting like a where there's smoke, there's fire point with yeah. that rumor. Like and it, some of the, it's I consistent. mean, honestly, some of the photos that they've taken of the PS5 dev kits, no one has proved that they're fake yet. They haven't been able mm -hmm. to, like the first couple were like, oh, it's easy to see that was 3D printed. The controller has been the problem because apparently 3D printers cannot do curves really well without seeing that it was kind of, mm -hmm. you it, can see it. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's almost aliased. Unless you have yeah. a 3D printer that's worth like, you know, millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like the really, really expensive ones can like do it. Like the industrial ones right. can do but it. But the ones that people could afford can't. So it appears that there is going to be a screen on the PS5 controller. Obviously, we got a taste of that with the Dreamcast, with the VMU on a much right. more simple level. Can't wait for the all the photos of uh oh i dropped my ps5 controller and now the lcd's cracked or the, and the you know, liquid's, the liquid's like running into the controller and, like, yeah. and it's shorting out or whatever else i can't understand they don't need to be more fragile frankly. no no absolutely that's the antithesis of what yeah. you're asking for i can't understand why you need a screen on i don't the know controller. i don't know why my ps4 controller blares red light in my face either yeah. but like the pro does because that's yeah. the light that shines the light in the up top. yeah it's like yeah. on the back sure i get it you need to for the sensors or whatever the yeah. motion stuff but like why is there a slot on the top of that thing that shines in my I eyes i think it's because like, developers were programming their games to show specific colors yeah and you could never see it no i would that's so I, like days that's gone, gone, days gone yeah but days gone I can't figure out what the different colors mean. Uh, like it I turns white and then it turns green, it turns yellow, and I haven't figured out. It's green for the most part for me. A lot of green. I figured that's just because of the trees. Right. Yeah, I just I, thought it was like the theme know, or yeah, whatever. That's really what I thought too. I'm like, oh, it's for trees. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but sometimes it turns white, sometimes it turns yellow, and I'm just like, I don't know what you're trying to tell me, controller. But I think we learned with the VMUs that the, I mean, the one thing that I liked about it was how you could call plays in sports games yeah. on the little screen so your competitor couldn't see it. But other than that, yeah. there's really no use for it. That's a very limited... Yeah, so why... I'm puzzled why Sony would add the screen. But I'm not against adding features, because I do think that they will concentrate on the durability issue and get that right. But I'm not averse to adding new mm -hmm. features. My main thing with like adding features like a screen or whatever is like, cool... But for God's sake, don't force your developers to use it if they don't want to. Yeah, like I, I don't want I don't want God of War two to have some kind of stupid second screen thing on it just because Sony's like that's our new thing. So come up with a reason to use it. It's like you know, like like when like the early DS games where they were forced to be two screens, whether it made sense or not. Like, yeah. Like that first Castlevania, where yeah, it's like yeah. you had to draw all the fucking spells. <laughs> it was just like, like, it, like new they features are cool. I get yeah. it. If, it, but if, it, but only make it, only have it happen if like that new feature sparks an idea on, in this developer that's making this game, and not like, you know, don't cram like, you know, some extra screen thing in Spider-Man Two, where it's just like I don't want to have to make video phone calls to people. 
on the controller because also because like your controller speaker kind of sucks. Yeah, it's very tinny and cheap. Um, yeah, it's just uh, you know don't get bogged down in the stupid tricks. You know, just make a solid controller that does what it needs to do. Um, you know, PlayStation wise, I'd be like, I'd love it if you if you skewed the analog sticks. Uh, if you kick them, I don't think they ever will though. Uh, I think I think it's too iconic in their own hands. Yeah. that that's their what their controller looks like. But man, I would prefer that left analog stick to be where the D pad is. Now, one thing that I've seen in the new VR controllers that I that I think is cool, and I don't I don't necessarily think that you would implement it the same way you would for VR games, but it can still be useful for other types of games, is the ability to sense how hard you're squeezing the controller. Mm, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. I think it's too it varies too much person to person. Um, like I didn't I didn't like the thing on the on the PlayStation Two where the you, you had the sensitivity of the pressing of the buttons. I think they still have that. I think I think they do. They, they just don't use it. They like had they it because it was in like a thing 3, then. Yeah, I don't know if they have it in the PlayStation Four, but they definitely had it in the PlayStation Three. Yeah, analog buttons. Yeah, I yeah. think they. I think they but still like, are. The only, I mean, the only games that really use it was like Metal Gear Solid Two, where yeah. like you, you you held the button harder to like pull the hold them at gun, and then you let go to fire or whatever. But in the end, it was just like it's two problems with that. First, like everybody has a different idea about pressing hard or soft or squeezing hard or soft means, and second. I mean, I might squeeze something hard enough when I'm just holding the controller for it to register as squeezing it. And it's like, well, you better let me fix that. But then the other problem you run into is um, you have limited the the ability to take that game and put it on other platforms or put it on future platforms that yeah. maybe don't support that, which Metal Gear Solid ran into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moving to the Xbox because the Xbox has never had those kind of buttons. And there's no real way to, like... Fix that. Like, well, I think I agree no with your premise around. that you don't force developers to use it. Mm-hmm. You, they can if they want to, but if they don't want to, they don't have to. And it's not like I think that, like, okay, squeeze it kind of easy and like you kick, or squeeze it really hard and you punch. It's more of the game registering player feedback and then altering the game in some way. So generally, if you squeeze something really hard, it means that like you're intense, you're really focused. You can use that data that you get from the player to affect the game world in some way. It's kind of a little bit like what Nintendo was trying to do with the vitality sensor. Mm -hmm. Instead of detecting your heartbeat, which you could probably do that too for relatively cheap, but being able to detect how you grip something, I think shows maybe just as an accurate uh, depiction of the tension of the player. And then maybe in subtle ways, you let that be portrayed through the game. I just think it's a way to to further break down the interface. Because it's like I said when I started this conversation, the controller is your conduit between you and your and the interactive entertainment. And I feel like any way that you can affect the controller that will break down the barriers between the player and the entertainment, I think could be a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's I think there's a reason the vitality sensor never came out. Like is it's it's so widely varied between people that I don't know if you can ever nail down a reliable method of doing that because uh, certainly for me like I don't grab the controller any tightly really uh, well, it's like you said you can calibrate it just like an analog yeah, stick but it's like but also like if you know will I miss out on things like because I don't grab the controller the same way that the people they tested it with you know it just seems like a really vague thing to try to implement um, also very but nice. I think that's why it would be awesome it's vagary yeah. It'd be hard to know how they're going to implement. Maybe, maybe you don't even notice what is happening in the game overtly through it, but subtly it's there. 
Maybe yeah, you introduce then, different colors or whatever. I just envision a time when I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, this happened. It was really cool. I'm like, that didn't happen in mine. Oh, you must not be grabbing your controller hard enough. So now I'm like grabbing my controller hard on purpose to try to make it do the thing that I want to want to see. But how is like, that a bad thing? Because you're taking me out of the game and making me grab the controller in a way, a way I wouldn't normally make some artificial thing happen. Like I don't. I don't see the need for that. Like, I think it's a cool idea, but like, I think the real world, like on paper, but I think the real world impl implementation would be incredibly scattershot and it would be used like three times and never mentioned again. And then you're still paying an extra 10 bucks per controller because it has those, that me mechanics. Now look, that is a thing. There's a line. And there's a reason the Joy-Cons are 80 fucking dollars. There are. You know, because but... there's so much crazy tech packed into this No, absolutely. Things. But instead of having some weird IR camera that can detect objects around the controller, I'd rather have something that actually functionally impacts play. Well, that would the, the, the squeeze sensor would definitely be something to be more likely to be used by me even inadvertently than the stupid IR stuff. Yeah, like, I don't think, I forgot that was even in the Joy-Con. Yeah, frankly. because they haven't found a way to really use it. No. <laughs> makes people remember it. No. There's all kinds of useless tech jammed in the Joy-Con. Yeah, I really think they should do like a bare bones version. That yeah. just has like the controls and the rumble and maybe the, the little bit of gyro to know when you're turning it sideways mm -hmm. and sell it for half the price. Yeah. And so what I was going to say is there is a line. So if you're ta if, if someone were to say, okay, well, Shane, if we add that to the controller, that is going to cost 10 bucks extra, then I would say no. Mm -hmm. If you can find a way to do it where it only adds a dollar or two to the controller, then I would be all for it. Yeah, because like you're really already looking at how much money is it going to cost extra just to add that damn screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the other, the other angle of this, too, for me at least, is... The PS5 controllers are probably going to be $100. They might be. The other angle of this, too, is on Ask Shane Anything this week, I talked about how I feel like the next Xbox, even if Microsoft isn't necessarily into VR itself the console should have the ability to plug in a PC HMD and have it work. Mm -hmm. It's going to have the horsepower to do it. it. It makes no sense whatsoever for Microsoft to not allow that to happen. If that's the case... Were they, were they doing like some kind of vague partnership with Oculus at some point? They mentioned it no, once, but then nothing ever happened. No, remember the Xbox controller came with Oculus. Mm. There was the base controller that came with it at first. And so, yeah, they did have a deal with Oculus at first, but that's gone away because Oculus started making its great controllers all on mm. its own. But if, look, if you want, and I believe it should, have the ability to play and use PC HMDs, that's a good way to save money because the new HMDs, like the new controllers, that's one of the functions that they have is the ability to squeeze. And so if you do open up your platform to PC HMDs and you can start using it, then people can jump in with less barrier of entry. You don't have to buy those expensive touch controllers. You can still use the functionality of grabbing something by squeezing the controller or climbing and squeezing the controller. It just... To me, it opens up avenues for play that haven't been there yet. And I think one of the, we asked for questions on Twitter for the end of the show. And one of the questions that somebody asked is about E3 and the hype levels of E3. And then some, I saw some other comments on Sifted today where people are kind of down on E3 this year and they're kind of down on gaming and, and starting to lose interest in it a little bit. And I think you just need something to inject some excitement into the industry, something to make it feel fresh and new, other than, hey, here's the next God of War that looks even better. Here's the next Assassin's Creed that looks even better. A lot of people who play consoles have not really jumped into the VR thing. Only 4 million PlayStation VR sold. So that's it, obviously, unless you count like the Nintendo Labo stuff. So I feel like Microsoft could 
have another bullet point in this box by saying, hey, it works with all the PC HMDs. You can finally try the real VR. Not the I just think, I think that is a little, that's a lot of work on Microsoft's part for a very small audience. I mean, but I'm saying, um, like, it wouldn't just be for VR games. It's there for the VR stuff, but you could implement it in other ways into traditional console games. I'm, I'm not sold. Just coming, <laughs> coming up with a blank on that one. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I don't like motion control stuff. I don't like weird waggle stuff. I don't like stuff that makes you do some kind of like. See, I don't physically. I don't, I don't like the thing that makes you do some kind of physical motion on the controller that mirrors what the character is doing because it never matches up to me one to one and it just takes me out of it. Um, you know, it's like, it's just sort of, to me, it's just sort of the new version of QuickTime events. It's just like, I don't understand why I'm playing Dragon's Lair, like, with this, and when I'm doing a QuickTime event, and I don't understand why I have to do these stupid human tricks, like, if I'm squeezing something or wiggling something or whatever. Like, just let me press a fucking button. Like, it's, it's um, like, it, it ain't broke. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a lot of, like, you know, unless they have, like, a killer app that goes with that, like, I don't know what you'd be blowing anyone away with this E3 by showing that um i don't think we're going to see anything like that concrete i think i think next e3 is the uh we're going to show all our weird little bells and whistles and all the weird little things that the consoles do that like make it better to buy this console than that console and we have a screen and we have a hulk and we have a we have a twitch deal and we have a you know you get free hbo with it whatever like i think that's a next year thing um i I think they'll show the They'll give the specs for the hardware, and I think they'll show the form factor in the controller at E3. X- Xbox? Yeah. I don't think we're getting well, Obviously, anything. Sony's not going to show anything. Yeah. I don't think we're getting anything. I, I think we're getting... We might get specs um, and like a, project, like a Project Scorpio equivalent name, but I don't think we're getting anything concrete, which makes me That'd wonder... That'd be a huge missed opportunity. Maybe. You have I mean, the ability to set the narrative. But yeah, but not really because it's so far away. Like it's 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 a well, year. It depends on when it's coming out. It's a year and a half out. Like it's it's. Do we know that? I bet money. It's it, they're both next fall. No question. Like Xbox, the next Xbox is not coming out this year. And they're, well, for sure. But what about gonna... like early next year? Nah. I mean. I mean, what is micro? My... It's not Microsoft's not in the position Sony's in, where it's like we got all these games that are coming out, and we kind of need to get these out before the next console comes. I mean, Microsoft has nothing. Yeah, I just don't think Microsoft will have all that stuff ready in time. And also, like, well, you're right that, you know, Microsoft doesn't have a whole lot to lose by maybe launching Switch style in March or something, um, or maybe April to keep it in the same fiscal year, yeah. uh, the next fiscal year. Um I, I, I know Microsoft well enough to think that they're just going to be like, oh, we've always done it in the fall, so why would we not do it in the fall? Like, like I think there might be a little too much traditionalism there. Well, maybe that's why they should not do it in the fall. That's, I mean, that's true, <laughs> but I don't know if you're going to win that argument with Microsoft brass. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like they, it might be a mistake, but I still think it's going to be... That they'll make the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm interested to hear I mean, what I'm, you guys I'm say. not that optimistic about how Microsoft turning th- things around just yet. I mean, they got I mean, that Xbox One X out pretty quick with little fanfare yeah. beforehand. I mean, I would guess that, that for E3, they're going to show a bunch of new games by all the studios they, they bought, but none of them are going to be ready till next year. Yeah, at the um, They'll show Gears 5. Uh, they'll show, like, Ori. Uh, they'll show a couple of things maybe we didn't know about. Forza Motorsport 8. Yeah, new Forza. Um... 
yeah, maybe we'll finally see that Funko Pop Gears thing again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, finally, like as if you're waiting with bated breath. <laughs> but, but everything else, I think, is going to be like, oh, we're going to do a new system. It's going to be like this, but you have to wait till next year for more details. But we'll show you the one thing you should look forward to on it, and they're going to show you they're some Halo, show Halo Infinite, Infinite. Yeah. and they're going to show you a new Fable game, yeah. and that'll be that. In fact, the new Fable game is probably one of the games that you know. The rumor is that Avalanche has been working on that for a right. long time, so I would yep. say that's probably a launch title. Yep. Um, but I think you're going to get a bunch of teases. Halo is definitely going to be a launch and, title. Uh, oh yeah, you're going to get a bunch of teases, and you're going to get like a like a like a please be excited rest of 2019 lineup. You know, basically it's like Gears Five and a bunch of little things you probably don't care about, but we don't have anything else because we have to save everything for the big guns next year. You know, yeah. like. I think this is sort of a punt year for them. That's a shame because they have a huge opportunity that they'll probably never ever have again. The whole stage to themselves. Sort of, but like I think that's I think that's part of Sony's genius on this is like they know there's nothing Microsoft can pull out that will win them anything. Yeah. Because even if you went full all the stops out, here's the new system, this is what it does, this is what it looks like, this is what it's called. Like, these are the launch titles we're planning. Like, what? even if they just went full out and went, like, a year and a half out, here's what you're going to be buying at the end of 2020. Your move, Sony. A, Sony can make that move, I yeah. promise. It gives them a year to counter that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sony will, because Sony's, Sony's petty. Sony already announced the specs. <laughs> you know, announced the specs, but you can always change that. Yeah. So could Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, and then you're in a crazy war. and like Which I'm all about. There's a Let them keep yeah. one up in each other. There's a point at which, you know, and then you got the price point. You got. I mean, right. I really don't feel you can push that over $500. Did you see what Pac said on Pactor Factor this week? Mm-hmm. He said $300 for PlayStation 5. That would be nuts for that kind of power. And he, had, like, he, by the end, he admits, you're probably right. It's going to be closer to 500 But he, he just doesn't think with... Things like Stadia coming online and presuming that Amazon and some of the other big companies put out some kind of a box mm-hmm. that's either going to be free or really cheap. He thinks it's going to be hard for any console manufacturer to compete. And therefore, Sony would just bite the bullet and lose its ass and sell it for 300 300 is yeah, I, ridiculous. Uh, believe me, I didn't believe it. And if you look at the comments on Sifted out of that episode, no one else believed it either. In fact, some people are questioning I mean, like his sanity. I mean, it's a nice dream. Yeah, it is. I would love to get that hardware for three hundred freaking dollars. Yeah, I would like. I would like a trip to Europe. You know, like while yeah, like while we're at nice. it. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yep. But um, no, I, I don't think we're gonna. I think uh, the people with low expectations for this this E three in terms of Microsoft and what they're showing are probably correct. Um, and maybe I'll be wrong, but like so, f- I think the 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 last five years have shown. That if you bet on underwhelming for Microsoft, you're not going to lose your money. <laughs> it can't afford to be underwhelming this year. It can't. It can't. But that doesn't mean it won't be. That's true. That's true. So I'm interested to hear from you guys. What do you guys want from the controllers for PlayStation Five and Xbox yeah. Two? That's my what we're big request, my my baseline request, is just like make them both feel more like the Elite control yeah. like like make so it in feel, towards that premium controller yeah, that make it feel more like a premium item as yeah. opposed to i mean because look uh they're functional but like the the baseline ps4 and and the pro is better the pros controller is better but the baseline ps4 and the baseline xbox one controllers feel like hollow plastic crap yeah and uh and the, the elite has this really great hefty feel and like the grip is nice and like the you know the throw is good on the analog sticks it's all very good the you know that they does does have a, a bumper 
fragility problem you get the, usually out of the box like it'll either be broken and stuck or not mm-hmm. uh, but the one and I had to return one because of that but uh, the ones I've gotten that were not broken out of the box have been flawless for well over a year each and uh, just make it feel more like that like you, you've you kind of got there you kind of got there functionally I think already with you know adding screen on PlayStation 5 notwithstanding you're kind of there just make it nicer make it and better. more durable yeah more yeah. durable more more hefty more of a more of a Respect the fact that people are throwing like seventy, eighty dollars at these things. Make them feel like seventy to eighty dollar items, and make them last like seventy to eighty dollar items. That's not a, you know, that's a whole game and a little more for someone. Uh, and I know you want to sell games more than you want to sell controllers, so make sure we don't have to keep buying controllers. Yep. It's kind of it's kind of an issue for me this generation. Yeah, so. apparently. Yeah, I haven't had as much, as many problems as you, but. I mean, I I doesn't mean it's not a problem. Just stunned by how. Poor, the poor build quality of the baseline PS4 controllers. The Pro has been great so far. Yeah, mine's um, been good too. Also, keep 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 pushing the concave on that those analog sticks. Keep pushing that in because that's how they should be, not the big mushroom thing. Yeah, you're right. Let my thumb let my thumb off. soak in there so it yeah. locks into the top of the yeah. Analog. Whereas like for for three generations, the PlayStation analog sticks were these big mushroom things. That I like hated just the PS3 controller. Over, yeah, they I were hated terrible, it. just from top to bottom. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about PlayStation Plus. And a lot of people are up in arms because obviously with this year came the big shift for PlayStation Plus. It stopped including mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 and Vita games as part of the deal. Now you're only getting PS4 games uh, for free I think they games. should have kept the Vita games until every Vita game ever made was had been free at some point. Yeah, I think it's close, honestly. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, the stuff that people actually care about, I think it's already been done. Yeah. There's a few obscure Japanese games, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'd stopped even getting the PlayStation 3 ones, because it's just like... Yeah, it, when it, am I going to play them? Yeah. And there's no backwards compatibility like there is with no. Xbox. Like, there's value in getting those older games on Xbox. But people are pretty pissed off right now with PlayStation Plus, because it wasn't just that they stopped giving you Vita and PS3 games, is that the PS4 games, since that happened, have been pretty low rent. Um, and I think it was encapsulated by the games that people got this month, and people are just kind of freaking out about it because people are still paying the same amount of money for PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're getting less, but they're still paying the same amount. How do well, you feel about well, it? Well, what were the games this month? That Overcooked and... I thought they were good good games. Overcooked is a good, really good indie game. But I think people are like, look, if I'm only getting two games instead of six games every month, mm-hmm. I, I better not be getting indie games as one of those two games. I think you're always going to get one indie game out of that. But like, I remember there was a time when like you'd get major games. I mean, they were eight, nine months old, but they were like an actual full, you know, at the time they'd come out, they were a full price retail game and then you got them for free. Uh, it's certainly how I played Remember Me and... Uh, they were not always like, you know, they didn't burn the charts up or anything. A couple of Yakuza's yeah. uh, were that way. Um, you know, yeah, they were real, you know, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus on the PS3. Those were early ones. Um, so, yeah, I can see why. And now I'm sitting here, I can't even remember what the other one was. Right. So it can't, couldn't have been that high profile. Exactly. Um, but, and so that's the point, that you, you aren't even getting one big budget game this month. And I think that's what sent people over the edge. They're like, wait a minute, I'm getting... I could buy Overcooked for like eight bucks. Mm. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Yeah, the walking. That simulator. is that is a pretty great game. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if as, you like walking as simulators, those games go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that was definitely one of the best ones uh, of of that genre. Yeah, I can see that. I hadn't really thought of it because I mean, it's been a long time since a PlayStation Plus free game was a game I didn't already have. 
Um, because usually when I go to claim the games, it still shows you how much you would have paid for those games. Mm -hmm. And up until this year, when I would do that and I go claim all six games on PlayStation Plus, I'd look at that total and I'd be like, damn, I just got like two, and I know it's inflated, but still they'd be like, yeah. you just got $250 worth of free games. Now it's like $14 worth of free, so I'm not exaggerating, mm -hmm. like it's $14 of free games that you're getting now. So. Do you feel like PlayStation Plus and the games that you get with Xbox Live, do you consider them just like a bonus? And so whatever you're getting is just icing on the cake and it doesn't matter? Or are those games something that causes you to subscribe? The former. I don't, they're, they're completely icing on the cake. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't expect everyone to see it that way because like um, I have PlayStation Plus in large part because I like to have uh, saves backed up on the cloud and because I play online stuff with people sometimes. Same thing for Xbox Live. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I will say I think Xbox Live's free games tend to be better uh, to some degree. I would agree with that. Um, which has not always been the case. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that, that has been a reversal of fortune recently. Not recently, but in the last couple of years, I would say. Um, I don't notice the PlayStation free games as much anymore, often because like I already own them. Or they are giving away like these weird little indie things I've never heard of, and I don't care. Yeah. Um, so I definitely understand the complaints, but like I subscribe to it because it's the way it's how I get online play, and everything else is extra. I've actually when I when my subscription to Xbox Live turned over this last time, and it, because I've been a member since day one, it turns it always turns over like right at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I seriously thought about not renewing it because I don't play. I hardly ever play my Xbox. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Matt, I think my Xbox, the last game I played on it was like Sea of Thieves. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I think about that. Like you I just, Crackdown, right? I no, I never played Crackdown. You ever played Crackdown? No, no, I did. That's right, I did play Crackdown. That, but before that, very memorable experience. Apparently. I mean, it wasn't. I, I, I think I played it for like three hours before I quit because I was like, I get what this is, and it's just the same thing over and over. But. I mean, I've played my Xbox a total because I played that for a few hours, like three hours mm. in the last like year. I, all the online games I play on PS4. Yep. I mean, if I honestly, didn't have the it... only thing that kept me from canceling it was like, but I've been a member since day one, and if I stop You'll and lose like, your number, I'll lose my number, and like, what if they give out rewards in like 15 years for people who are a member? Like, it's so mm -hmm. stupid how I've rationalized it in my mind to spend another 60 bucks, but. And because I do buy the annual subscription, it's not like I'm going month to month. If I was like a month to month customer, man, like I, would ne I wouldn't have Xbox mm -hmm. Live. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, like if I didn't have the X, like, I mean, the last time I turned on the Xbox probably would have been cracked down as well. Yeah. Like, and I only played it for a couple hours and before that it was Sea of Thieves. So mm -hmm. I, I'm to the point where like the only thing that has any value to me on Xbox Live now is the free games. It's kind of funny how it's all shifted around, whereas Xbox Live was just dominant at first. And now, honestly, I think PlayStation Plus might be the better service. Um, maybe. I mean, depends what you're after. I, st I still think Xbox's um, chat options and group chat stuff work better. They do. They're more um, intuitive, for more sure. More intuitive, and they don't crash. I mean, we the few times I've tried to do group chat stuff on PlayStation while doing online stuff... People get kicked, or suddenly no no one can hear one person, and we don't know we have to kill the group and reform the group. Like they still haven't gotten that down. I, I really. found it hard to record footage with PlayStation Plus. As far as 
being able to pick up everyone's mics. Mm. Um, so for the You Own Me tier on our Patreon last, last month, I played a game with someone, and I recorded it, and it was fun, and I think it was really entertaining, too, because we were playing a co-op game. After I got done and checked the recording, my voice was just gone. And mm. I went back and looked at the settings, and everything was set up the way it was supposed to, and it never recorded my voice. So all I could hear is him answering what mm. I'm asking him. And so I ended up, you know, just throwing the footage away. I never even used it. So you're right. Like on Xbox, that stuff is way more intuitive, way more easy to mm -hmm. set up, way more user friendly. I think they took some steps back this gen from the Xbox 360. Yeah. But it still works better than PlayStation. I mean, even going to something as simple as like one thing, one feature I hate that's not on the Xbox One is the ability to stream stuff from my PC. Mm. Which you would think would be so easy for Microsoft to include, but I could literally stream music from my 80 gigs of mp3s on my pc to my xbox 360 and play with my own custom soundtracks in any game i wanted to that feature for whatever reason was excised for xbox one maybe it comes back with the next one i don't know but that was a feature i used all the time on xbox 360 <clears throat> i mean they can barely get that os to switch screens properly or, so. or move a blade yeah it's really i hope they completely rewrite the os yeah, for I've, the next xbox whenever they do finally blow the doors off the reveal of the new Xbox, like they better be like hey all the stupid stuff about that last os gone like yeah. it's completely redone from the ground up even if it's just like a windows permutation like yeah just it's it's i mean it's better now but they never fixed it they 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 shot themselves in the knee like out of the gate and there was no way to recover i think maybe what i'm getting at with this topic is look as someone who plays online a lot i'm always either going to have psn or xbox live no doubt about mm -hmm. it but there are a lot of people who never play games online who are members of playstation plus mm -hmm. and the reason they're there is for the free games and i think at this point looking at the the offerings that we've got for the last couple of months if you're that type of person i think it's hard to rationalize subscribing at this point yeah well i mean that's kind of the the long and the short of it is like if you don't think the games you're getting are worth it cancel it yeah or if you're locked into an annual subscription consider going month to month if that's the most important element of it yeah I mean, but then that costs a little more it yeah. does yeah and it's annoying yeah and a lot of times you get on those deals and they automatically renew and yeah i mean it's it's, it's kind of like it's about the same as being subscribed like the humble monthly bundle yeah um it's like 12 bucks a month or something probably works out too and uh maybe more i don't remember then they raise the price on ps plus recently or something i mean they're both 60 bucks a year yeah. now so yeah. it's, it's about the same and like um or even less now i guess so I, I think you're still coming out ahead in the end um provided you want to play the games yeah well i mean that's kind of the risk you take on this i mean it's like it's like a loot box yeah a little bit <laughs> it really is um, it's like a console loot box yeah I mean, you don't you don't know like what you're gonna get and you're always, but you're always paying for it I mean, it's just, it used to be like, I think it was less noticeable before when like, okay, this month, like, there's two things I didn't care about. But there were four that then the I kind of did. Yeah. Or, I mean, I never paid a whole lot. I mean, it was usually like the two things on PlayStation 4, a PlayStation 3 game I already owned, a Vita game I never heard of, and some weird cutesy indie thing I would never play. So... I built my Vita library with PlayStation Plus. I, I don't remember the last, I don't know where my Vita is. So it's, <laughs> it just hasn't been a factor for years and years. Yeah. 
Um, I can't even remember the last thing I played on it. Frankly. Yeah, I, I, I think the last time I booted mine up was a year and a half ago, something like that. I mean, that. I prob probably... I do have almost the entire software library thanks to PlayStation Plus, though. I mean, probably the last thing I played on the Vita was I probably went back and played Ninja Gaiden again. Yeah. But, like, now that that's backwards compatible on the Xbox One... I, Why? I don't really need that system yeah, anymore, you don't. frankly. You absolutely don't. It's like it's like if they ever put a port of, of Persona 4 Golden on the Switch, like I can I'll pretty much throw the, the Vita in the trash if I ever find it. Yeah. Now the I mean the other the other angle that we did, we haven't brought up with both PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live is that you do get discounts. Yeah. That you don't get if you're and they are good. Like they're worth like investigating. Yeah. Especially when they stack on some of the sale prices. Yep. Yeah, because that's the other thing. That discount, if they put something on sale, it does stack. Mm -hmm. So if like something's on sale for twenty percent, and they're like, "Oh, an extra ten percent for subscribers," then yeah. you get thirty percent off. Of yeah, that I, th game. I think that's actually why I'm playing. Uh, that could add up. Assassin's Creed Origins now on the Xbox because I played it. I had it on the PS4 mm -hmm. before, and uh, I think it went on. It was on sale on the Xbox Store, and then I think it was like a, a, a gold discount on top. It was like nine ninety nine for the full pack of wow. everything, and I was like. That's good, you know, because yeah. I, I knew that, like, it was a little better looking on, on that. And I was like, oh, sure, 10 bucks. I'll take a look at it. And then I started playing, and I got sucked into it. And now I'm like, I'm like, you just saw me beat the final boss of the second DLC. Yeah. And, like, so, yeah, like, I did that again. <laughs> There's a game I never thought I'd play a second time. But here we, here we go. I probably put, like, I probably put 200 hours into Assassin's Creed Origins wow. at this point. That's across crazy. two playthroughs. I think what, what which is also about the amount of time I'll put into Odyssey over one playthrough <laughs> until the DLC is out because geez Ubisoft. I think what strikes me the most and why I think this topic is important is because as I've mentioned on the show several times before, everything is shifting to a services economy. Mm -hmm. Everyone's ditching hardware. App Apple is trying as fast as it can to distance itself from iPhone sales. And it wants people to focus on, hey, we made X amount of dollars from Apple Music and mm -hmm. iTunes and all these services that we, we sold have. hardware to half Apple the population Arcade. on the planet. We can't grow that anymore, so the revenue stream has to be a service now. And that's going to happen for everybody. Oh, so, yeah. so I think, that, and I think the 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 result of that as a consumer is you're just going to have to become, if you care that much about kind of nickel and diming the amount of money you're spending and what you're getting and what you perceive you're getting in terms of value from these services, you're going to have to be more vigilant about whether you're subscribing this month or next month. Or yeah, it's whatever. not set it and forget it. Yeah. like and Or like there's a point at which you're just going to have to accept that you're going to go through stretches where the free games, say, from PlayStation Plus are just underwhelming. You know, it's just, you know, chalk it up. You chalk it up to like another element of the May drought this year, you know, yeah. like, yeah, the, the the PlayStation Plus games are underwhelming. So is the entire release schedule. It is, so, yeah. like, even if you're trying to buy something new. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it just comes down to like you got to be, you know, you're kind of in caveat emptor territory there. You just got to, you know, if it's not doing it for you, you know, feel free to kill it. Like don't, you know, don't feel obligated to be part of this service just because they work so hard to make it feel like you're not. A full-fledged PlayStation or Xbox player, if you don't Unless have you, it, yeah. you know, there's definitely they know, do. There is that sort of there class. definitely is. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a tier feeling. Is, is a caste system sort of yeah, thing. Absolutely, happening. it's not. But I think overt, it's, but... it's an intentional creation of, of their marketing. I'm oh sure. yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they're smart, yeah. and they are. Yeah, I mean, gold has the prestige of being gold. A plus, yeah. it's like, oh, it's better. I'm better. I got a plus next to my name. Yeah, people who it's like no one looks at your 
tag. Yeah. No, no one cares. <laughs> like, no one has seen your trophies in years. No. no one looks at anything like that anymore. No, it's true. That that died pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. Although I do, I do sometimes look at um, like on the side of the blade on the Xbox. It'll it has it shows like on your friends list like who has the most achievement points or whatever for mm-hmm. the month. You'll look at the um, leaderboard. I'll look at that because I usually have a fair amount. And like, but there's people like there was some. I was like, there was someone that got like four thousand achievement points on my list yesterday. And I'm like, what were you playing? The funny thing is, I couldn't find out. Like, you I couldn't tried to see click, what the game was. I couldn't find out. Like, I have to have gone back to my friends list, clicked on him, opened up his achievements, and organized them by date, and gone through and seen all the stuff he'd played in in April. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Like, yeah, why can't I just click on the it. thing and see? Yeah. It wouldn't let me do it. I was like. So close to functionality and yet so far. Everything's about privacy now, Matt. Oh, That's Apple's big thing now. All their ads are about privacy. Microsoft will sell people the names of your children. Are you kidding? Come on. Maybe they're trying to turn over a new leaf. (laughs) I don't know. And they're starting with achievement leaderboards. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Shakedown Hawaii. I walked in and Matt was like, what the hell is Shakedown Hawaii? I don't know what this is. Uh, I, th- I guess I kind of did. I, I I thought it was like some kind of Hotline Miami style thing. It, and it is. But yeah. I couldn't tell if I knew that because I'd seen the game or because the title just sounds like it. No, I mean, it's basically the same game. Not, not, not quite as not the graphic. Same people, right? No, it's not. Yeah. It's not quite as graphic and gory. Although mm. it is rated M and it does have blood. But it is basically old school Grand Theft Auto. Or if you want to say old school River City Ransom. Mm-hmm. Um, in a top-down, open-world... 2D game, and um, it is made by the by the same studio. Not that made Hotline Miami, although it's very similar. But it's made by the studio that did the reboot of the River City franchise. Mm. It's called River City Revenge, I think it was. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, that that one did pretty good. I think it's, it's aggregate reviews like around a seven or eight or something like that. So it did pretty well. This game was made by one person, and at this point, there are very few games that we added to the database before Sifted launched that have not come out yet. Hmm. And this was one of the last ones. This game has been in development for a long time. And again, it's because it's been made by one person. And it's not not a 3D game, so it's not as impressive as some of the other 3D games that we've seen that were made by one guy. But once you start playing it, it does become pretty impressive that one person pulled this all off. So it is... Grand Theft Auto in 2D. It's set in Hawaii on the island. And the plot is basically you play as an aging businessman who believes streaming is a fad and that his video rental business is not going to go away Hmm. and it should remain profitable. He's basically an older guy grappling and struggling with future technology. So he has all these businesses that are old and being replaced by all these new technological things. So, so basically someone made a game out of this podcast. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Not quite to the, that same extent, but a little bit. More flamethrowers in the game, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the concept is there. And uh, so he also has like retail businesses and they're all losing business to the game's version of Amazon. And so the objective of the game is to save your business empire. And it's the funny part about it is you don't go about doing that by doing what everyone else is doing. So it's not like you start a streaming business or 
you start your own delivery business. Instead, you rage against the machine. So your objectives are to take out the delivery trucks that are delivering the stuff to people's homes. And as you do that, your stores start doing better and start generating more revenue. Um, there is VR. You do actually get involved in a VR business, but it's very tongue in cheek. So the guy who owns the VR business that you take over, you go in there and there's nobody in there. And the guy goes, we don't make money, but we don't need to make money because we have investors. Mm -hmm. And so it, the whole game is kind of this tongue in cheek of startup and Silicon Valley culture, uh, whatever's been happening in games. Uh, Retro City Rampage. Retro That's City right. Rampage, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that guy now. And... Uh, and so, like most open I mean, world games... And his upcoming game is called American Fugitive. I'm beginning to sense a theme. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and in like any crime-driven open world game, you can run out in the streets and you can overtake any car that you want. Um, you have a garage, and if you take cars back to the garage, they will be added to your, to your fleet of cars that you can take at any time. Um, it's violent, it's gory, there's cops. So if you run over people in front of the cops, they come after you. Um, you can get like five cars chasing you, get out, and there's like shootouts. Um, the cars, there's tons and tons of different cars that you can drive. And they all drive differently, believe it or not, mm. even though basically you, you control the cars with the analog stick. So whatever direction you're pointing the stick is just the direction that the car drives. And it takes a little while to get used to it, but the cars all handle differently, even with that control scheme. So some of them mm. have take a really long time to accelerate and get up to top speed. But then once they do, they're some of the fastest cars in the game. Some of them are very quick off the line, but their top speed isn't great. There's boats, there's motorcycles. Um, the shocking thing to me about this game is because how they put much... put it on the Vita? And it's on the Vita. <laughs> yep. And there's a 3DS version coming. Coming. It what? was delayed. It's not, it's not out right now. There's no Xbox One version. Hmm. It's basically for every platform but Xbox One. And basically the reason that, that is, is is because he did not create an Xbox One version for his last game. And so mm. he would have to start over from scratch. He didn't have a, an Xbox dev kit. Hmm. He can't afford it or he doesn't want one. And so it's coming to everything but Xbox One. Um, and so as you play... Honestly, if you're going to cut anything out of the main platforms now, it's probably the Xbox. That's probably the one you probably want to cut it out. One. It worked out for him, yeah. honestly. Um, and so there are actually three... He's got that sweet, sweet Vita money. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually three playable characters. So obviously the main character is the one that you start out as, but you can also play as the son. And the son is a wannabe DJ, which means he's basically unemployed. Mm -hmm. And so his dad basically tells him, look, you need to get up off your butt and start doing something because my business is doing terrible and I can't float the boat for you anymore. So you play as him through certain missions. And then there's also these levels that take place overseas. So you have like farms that are in like third world countries and you're running those overseas, but you have a, a, a fixer that works for you hmm. who goes over and acts as the heavy overseas. And so like, for instance, one of the missions that you play as him, you go and like you invade like this, this coffee plant plantation where it's been taken over by your rivals. You go in and take it over again, and you start generating money. And the whole objective is to just generate as much cash as you can. And again, much like Grand Theft Auto, it's about taking over the city. So you go and you shake down businesses. So you'll go in and you'll say, hey, you need protection. Like, we well, don't need all you need protection. You pull out your gun, and you start collecting money from all those businesses you shake down. You can also just go and buy businesses and then start generating monthly revenue from, from all of those. Seems ambitious. It's insane. For a 2D game, it is absolutely insane. So you can own a business on a block 
and it's not generating much revenue because the block is crappy, you can go and like burn down all the houses on the block hmm. and then up the, the property value of your property and then more people start going to your businesses. It's insane. Hmm. I, I still cannot believe one person built this game. It's, it's mind boggling. But then again, it took him like five or six years to do it. Game is 20 bucks. I've been playing it for like six hours. It doesn't even appear like I'm even like halfway through the game. Um, the missions do get repetitive. I'll say that much. Um, even despite all the stuff that I just talked about, when you talk about a game that size, the missions do start to get a little repetitive. But there are there's a free roam mode. If you just want to go out into the world and just do crazy stuff and cause mayhem or have 20 cop cars chasing you, you can totally go do it. Um, so there's other options if you don't want to adhere to the kind of the more rigid like mission structure of the game. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, it's like freestyle crime, as Ryan Davis used to call Grand Theft Auto. You can just go out into the world and just mess with it and see what happens. Um, Oddly, while I was looking stuff up while you were talking, I found an interview where the guy claims he was not inspired by Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Good one. Open open world games are just a just a medium to build on. Oh, whatever. It's blatantly a two D Grand Theft Auto, which is fine. Retro City Rampage certainly was. And it too. was as well. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Rockstar's not giving them to us, so why mm. not let somebody fill the void? I'm having a lot of fun with this game. The production values are pretty good. Um, the last game he did was eight bit. This is sixteen bit style. Um, and they're crude. I mean, it's a 16-bit game, as you, so you should expect some of that. But it could look a lot better. Uh, cinematically, the cutscenes are usually just a couple frames. Um, like when you go overseas, it's just a jet flying across the screen. So it's not like it goes out of its way to be a 16-bit game in 2019. It's very much a 16-bit game that you wish you could have played back when... Yeah, the, the, cut, the little cutscene shots I saw look like uh, King's Quest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good analogy. But I'm having a blast with this game. It definitely has the Grand Theft Auto flavor. There's a lot of character customization in the game. You can make your character look however you want. In fact, some of the mission objectives even require that you use disguises and things mm -hmm. like that. It is pretty mind-blowing how much is jammed into this game. Um, it, like I said, it's 20 bucks. It's on pretty much every platform. I absolutely think it's worth the 20 bucks, and I absolutely think it's worth investigating in this month in particular where there is really one big game coming out the entire month. Um, I think it's a great way for people to have, have something to play on the cheap to keep them busy while we wait for E3 or while they wait for Rage 2 to be released. I'm having a ton of fun with it. I think 20 bucks is more than fair. I mean, I've already played longer than most indie games, and I feel like I've only scratched the surface of the game. So. I highly recommend it. Um, it was a long time coming, but it appears that the wait was ultimately worth it. And I think people who have been following the game, and there are a lot of people who follow this game on Sifted specifically, um, which is surprising, but for whatever reason, it's really captured people's imagination. So for those of you who have been following this game all along, it's a, it pays off. It is worth it. I highly recommend getting it. If you're a fan of 2D Grand Theft Auto open world action adventure games, I also highly recommend it. Um, I don't think anyone's going to pick this up as long as they know what it is beforehand and, and are going to be disappointed in it. So I know we don't talk about indie games that much. It's kind of a necessity in mm -hmm. this month a little bit because the other problem, too, is that everyone's now, from this point forward, holding information right. because they're going to announce something big in, like, three or four weeks. Oh, but it's almost leak season. It, well, right. The week before, we'll start getting the leaks. But I'm talking about intentionally released information. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason it was in the show, but I also think it's worthy of being on Game Face. If we're going to talk about indie games here and there, 
I think this is the type of indie game that we should be talking about on the show. So highly recommended for me, 20 bucks. It's, every, it's on every platform but Xbox. And I think at this point, there aren't many people who only own an Xbox. No. <laughs> uh, so I think anybody, everyone has a platform that they can conceivably play it on. The 3DS version is supposed to come in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it on the Switch and play it while you wait for Detective Pikachu to start. Absolutely. Yeah, so I highly recommend Cause, it. Because the movies this month are better than the games, frankly. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. And TV, better than games this month as well. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> it is. Um, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Ghost Recon. So I kind of wish we had maybe delayed this episode for a couple days because on Thursday, Ubisoft is unveiling the next Ghost Recon mm. game. Uh, most I saw signs, Ghost Recon was like had a big sale going on. There is. Um, yeah. It was a free weekend, I think. For the original Wildlands. Wild yeah. Which is making most people believe that what we're going to see on Thursday is Wildlands 2. It makes sense. The way the game sold, the first one sold, it's hard to fault Ubisoft yeah. for that for doing that because the game, I mean, I remember we covered it on Game Face and we just assumed it was going to be a flash in the pan and like we hardly even covered it. It wasn't really. It was just another Tom Clancy game and then it was the top selling. And then selling, the NPDs came out the of the top selling game of the first, first half of the year. Holy crap. Yeah, it was I mean, the funny it was, thing was I didn't know anyone who played it. I know. Like it was, it was there a, were people I knew on Sifted that were playing it. And it was like a compl- it, but... it was completely out of the core demographic hit, and it was huge. And it's amazing how they're it, still it has, putting out DLC for it. Yeah. Well, eventually, like people, you know, like you know, more people I knew actually did start to play it, and like, oh, this is really good. Uh, my I don't know if it was really good. My but... girlfriend was playing it the other yeah. day, and she never plays like the soldiery shooting games. Uh, you know, she likes the Overwatch more fantastical stuff uh-huh um but it was free weekend and a bunch of her friends were playing it so she was playing it. she's like yeah it's all right yeah all right. Like, well yeah. at this point if it isn't good <laughs> and they did some cool stuff the sam fisher mission thing was fun yeah. they put the predator in it for a while that was cool like um they played with it and just like you know ubisoft's done really well uh taking stuff and like kind of doing cool timed events or reasons to turn the game on i mean even uh for may the 4th they, they turned all the all the weapons in for honor into lightsabers right yeah um which was great that was the best. That was the best Star Wars gameplay experience I've had all in like. It's better than everything EA's put out combined. Like it was just like, wow, look at that. That's funny. Um, yeah, and hopefully they bring it back for like the release of Episode Nine, like just whenever yeah. it's appropriate. Because now that they got that mode in there, they should they should play with it. Um, but Ubisoft's done a really good job with that. Uh, they they supported this the wild, first Wildlands crazy much. Still, uh, they're still getting tons DLC? and tons of content. I mean, I just I looked at the, I, I already have it, so I was looking at looking at the sale on Xbox Live, and like the full package is a hundred dollars on sale. Yeah. Like it's like they the, that's how much and they then put you, out. But then you look at it, and it's like no, nah, that's a pretty good price. it's a crazy amount of stuff. Yep. So everyone's assuming for a multitude of reasons that the game they're going to show Thursday is Wildlands Two. Mm-hmm. However. Are you okay Wilder with that? Lands. Are you okay with that? Because Wildlands, to me, was a huge shift in tone for the Ghost Recon franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ghost Recon, if you really go back to the day, it was a rigid, like, tactical shooting simulation where, like, two bullets and you were dead. Yeah, it was kind of the last surviving, like, vestige of the original Rainbow Six stuff. Yeah, Where the original absolutely. Rainbow Six stuff was like, one shot, you're dead. Yeah, what was it, it was Black a, Arrow on the original Xbox, I think it was? Yeah, but... I like, played that game to death. Or even, I mean, I remember the original Rainbow Six on PC, where, like, 
most of the gameplay was planning the assault. Yeah, and then the like, assault happens. And the like, assault happens like that. And like, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, okay, go. And you're dead. It's still satisfying, it's just, though. And you're just hoping that the AI, like the two AI guys behind you... Actually pull their pull weight. Pull it off, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that was... Yeah, and then like slowly it became more and more of, a, of an arcade shooter. Well, I mean, um, well, I mean, you had it like um, Advanced Warfighter. Right. I mean, those were... Well, Ghost Recon. There was, was still a little bit of planning involved. Oh, yeah. But like that was... Like, Ghost Recon still did that, whereas like at the same time, like Rainbow Six Vegas had just become like, yeah, a, a, an arcade shooter. It did. For the most yeah, part. I think Rainbow um, Six went more that way. Definitely. Although now it's well, that was like kind of what it's kind of come full. Well, circle. It always felt like Ghost Recon was sort of the the branch that like kind of kept that kind of gameplay in play. Yep. You know, well, Rainbow Six went more mainstream, sort of you know shoot shoot bang bang. Uh, Ghost Recon was a more cerebral game. Yep. And Wildlands is not that. No. Uh, Wildlands is the Assassin's Creed Origins model applied to Ghost Recon. That's a good point. That's a good. That's a good analogy. Absolutely. Are you okay with that, or do you think it's one? Is it smart? One. What do you want? Two. Which is smarter for Ubisoft? Is it smarter to go this more casual route, or is it better to kind of have this one franchise that you still have that does something a little bit different? I mean, I don't care. Because um, I didn't play Wildlands when it came out, and I didn't play it until I got it for like nineteen bucks, like right. two, a year and a half later or something. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And I played it for a while, and that was it. Because that game's ridiculous; it's huge. It is it's yeah. huge. The world is huge. Like I think I cleared like two provinces or whatever, and I was like, "That's that's a full game, it's barely like, a dent." Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I, I liked a lot of the kind of the, the military jargon stuff. I thought the chatter between the characters was good, but yeah. like, um, I. I feel like it's smarter for them to sort of move into the... I mean, clearly it worked. I mean, they so sold like, a ton of them, yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, the the main thing for a sequel is you're going to have to put it somewhere else. You know, it has to be set somewhere else. Um, I would definitely bring the same characters back. Um, you know, at least your squad or whatever. Yeah. Because I liked a lot of them. Uh, they, they, you know, you, you, they got a surprising amount of personality out of three dudes who were basically placeholders yeah. for when other people weren't playing with you. you know, <laughs> yeah, was, was all yeah. Right. And... Um, uh, you know, it, I, I would hope it would be a very different setting. Like, I don't know where you put it to make it that. I guess maybe, I don't know, Africa or like some... I mean, that would look very similar. Some war-torn, you know, I don't know. I mean, after the jungle that was the first Wildlands, like, I'd be cool with like a more urban environment for Yeah, but sequel. I think, you, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think you can do that in like an African setting. You could have like like... City like city areas, but also you have a savanna. You could have yeah. like a jungle area. You're right. Also, you could incorporate wildlife more, you know, because like the local wildlife was not really a, much of a factor in Wildlands. At yeah. least not what I played. Which is ironic. Um, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> um, so like you know, and maybe that's a little too Assassin's Creed Origins as well. But it's like I you know would I mind the idea of like we got to go do this thing? Oops, there's a lion. Yeah, you know, it's like there's or like there's elephants around or yeah. something. Just like for a change of pace, change of scenery, that'd be cool. Um, what about ho- you personally? Uh, I mean, you're, I'm not gonna you're play. right. The money kind of answers the the other question, which is smarter for Ubisoft. But for you personally, would you? You're not going to play it. No. But if it were a tactical Ghost Recon, would you play? It? I would definitely not play it. Though. You would definitely not I play it. I don't. I don't. So you don't have an affinity for those games. No. You just remember really. them. I remember them. I played them, but like, see, um, I do. I thought those were great games. I thought they were good for what they were, but they don't interest me, and they don't like. They don't capture my attention, and I, I, I have trouble concentrating on them, very, on, on them for very long just because I find them fairly repetitive. 
Um, honestly, the, the sometimes it, they're too ridden with trial and error. Yeah, like, honestly, like the 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 game of that type that I that captured my attention the best was honestly Full Spectrum Warrior. Oh yeah, um, because it had a lot more strategy to it. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about and, that game. Uh, uh, so I like that a lot. I, I, like with Ghost Recon, like the, the Advanced Warfighter stuff, like it was cool, but I sort of, I kind of found myself wishing, just go shoot, just go full shooter. Just, yeah. Just like you, you clearly, you're straining against the, the, the edges. You're of the, raging the, against yeah. the machine is what they're you, doing. You desperately want to be, you know, Rainbow Six Vegas, yeah. but like you're trying to make yourself different. And I think at some point just. Both just games were pretty good though. Yeah, those advanced warfighter I games were them. good. I like those. I played a, them a ton. Uh, I, I just but did. I liked it because even you're right, they weren't going all in. They still had some mm. tactical elements, and I felt like they hit a pretty good middle ground there between yeah. for people who just like to shoot and people who want some tacti- some tactics in their shooting. I thought it hit a pretty good middle ground, and then they just went away. Yeah, well, because and they sold well too. They sold pretty well, but you could sell three times that. With Wildlands, apparently, and, you know, a co-op, more action-driven shooter um, is apparently some a, a niche that needed to be filled. I think so. also you see the brand power of Ghost Recon still. Yeah. Because think about it, like the it might be more Tom Clancy than Ghost Recon. I think. You I, think? I think people just want like a like kind of a straight-up military shooter without anything weird in it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's one of the only games of its type I can think of. You know. Can you think of another open-world, military-driven shooter that doesn't, at some point, incorporate like fantastical, weird things, or yeah. like, you know, you're, you know, like some crazy drug trip thing or something? You know, like, like Wildlands, except for like the later, like you know, Predator stuff or Sam Fisher stuff, like um, played it all pretty straight. It and there's did. Not, there's not really any other games that do that. It is a little tongue-in-cheek, but oh, I mean, there's there's like kind of that gallows humor that accompanies yeah. any kind of like soldier banter you know I, I do love the the spotting stuff with the drones and like and, and your guys be like and baby makes three you know like, like, like honestly like, that like, was the only part of the game that made it feel like ghost recon yeah i mean you, honestly using that tech to sort of like set up the i mean they just to me they just slapped the ghost recon name on a game oh yeah that they had in development they're like hey like, what tom clancy brand do we have we can use that isn't rainbow six to differentiate this yeah and like ghost recon frankly because it was i don't think it was anything to do with being an evolution or a or a movement from you know the ghost recon series i think it was just like we're not making ghost recon games so we can call this ghost recon yeah you know, like that's that seems like what, what it was to me it's like well what are we going to call this tom clancy's wildlands well no let's call it ghost recon so we can call it something that's recognizable that also already has the tom clancy brand attached and then like wildlands becomes a subtitle so we can just change that if we make a sequel or call it wildlands 2 i don't know i i would i would think it'd be fun if like you could call okay the wildlands and then the second one would be like Something like blank lands, like some other lands. I mean, they could have just called it Wildlands. They could honestly. have. They could have. I mean, they could have made a brand new IP out of it, and then it would. But have... I think Tom Clancy, like a Tom Clancy brand attached to it, like tells you already so much about it, like out of, the, you know. And well, like... I would agree now because Ghost Recon doesn't really mean anything now after it was attached to Wildlands. Well, to I think it, I think it means a co-op open world like military shooter. But that never. That's not what it ever was before. Not open world, but I always thought of Ghost Recon as a co-op shooter. I mean, yeah. obviously it had a little, you had to think a little more. Yeah. Um, like if you're, if you're co-op, people were not like coordinating. Yeah. But I think that's still pretty true. And it, I mean, it plays a little looser, especially with the, the fact that you can revive people more easily than yeah. the old Ghost Recons. But uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely still see the pedigree in it. It's not the same thing as you know, it was the last generation, but like... 
I don't look at Wildlands and think like this is completely unrelated to Ghost Recon. It's still it's still a you know, a squad-driven, tactical-ish <laughs> shooter yeah. that, you know, relies on sort of near-future tech for your, you know, the, the planning and sort of where you go in. And it's, you know, look, it's, there's a lot of direct analogs to the current Assassin's Creed games in it. I mean, it's, if you take away the co-op, you're walking up to, a, to an installation or an outpost you're sending up a drone slash eagle. You're, you're spotting all the things you need to kill and or pick up, and this then like you go in and execute an yeah. area. Yeah. I mean, if you take away the squad element, it's literally Assassin's Creed guns. Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, isn't that all Ubisoft's games at this point? Uh, a little bit. Pretty a little much. Bit. A little bit. A little. Assassin's Creed guns. Assassin's Creed first-person drug trip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Crazed rabbits. I mean, I guess the rabbits are their own things. So. Yeah, that's one of the few things. Assassin's Creed in space. Yeah, yeah. Coming, coming. Beyond soon. Good and Evil still has yeah. its own. Well, that's what I'm talking about with Beyond Good and Evil. Right. I mean, in space. I mean, I don't know what it's really about. It's like, is it going to shock you if it runs off of the, you know, the the Assassin's Creed paradigm? Right. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm guessing I mean, hell, that's exactly what it's. Gonna frankly, do. Starlink was Assassin's Creed in space. It was in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I mean, they found a formula and it works. Yeah, it does work. Or, or, I like it. <laughs> unless you're Starlink, right? So. Well, it still worked. I mean, it sold the, the toy. I mean, obviously they're the putting toys, out DLC. They did. They put all everything out. They just didn't put the toys out. Yeah, you can get a second round of toys. Yeah. Um, I think we all knew that was going to happen, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a little little late. Yeah. It was. Uh, I was shocked they still did the toys. Frankly. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even. I mean, the crazy part is they didn't need to. No. The game doesn't the game need just the fine. toys. It would have played. All you need was Star Fox. That's it. Yeah. So I think they learned their lesson. I have a feeling that's going to turn into a Nintendo franchise going forward. I would think think that would be the wise choice. Yep. So, look, I I can definitely respect your opinion and your impressions. Me, personally, as someone who really loved the old school Ghost Recons, I I would be personally much happier if they went back to the old style of games. Like, the, like calling it Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, like communicates the kind of theme and what and the gun porn thing you're trying to go for with it because it sure has a lot of gun. Porn. It does. Yeah. You can take those things apart and repaint individual bolts yeah. if you want. Um, but like, I, I think the audience they're aiming for, you're, you you call it a Tom Clancy something. I guess they could have made up a new name, but like, yeah. quite frankly, I think Ghost Recon is such a generic and un attached title that you could call anything Ghost Recon as long as there's soldiers and guns in it and I'm fine with it. Like it's it, not, but see it's not unattached to me. Like I have a huge affinity for that franchise. And but so to been, me it, I'm seeing it drifting away from what I liked about it. Well see I'm what I'm saying is like it was like what you what you're attached to and the, the Ghost Recon you like that's been dead for years. It has I know. Like, they're literally taking the title from a corpse and sticking on this new thing and I think that's fine. I'd rather they like, uh, revive the corpse. <laughs> Well, good luck with that because know, uh, holy shit, this game sells copies. Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't, look, get, I don't get it. I'm kind of getting it with Rainbow Six Siege, except that's competitive multiplayer, right? And so I would like to have a cooperative single player thing to play through that, that's very much like mm-hmm. Siege, where you're still working together and you're I mean, plotting your. I mean, I will say, like I played, you know, because like some of my friends got really into Wildlands and they brought me, they had me come in to play some of the DLC event stuff, like the Predator stuff and mm-hmm. the. Sam Fisher stuff, and like if they were someone that couldn't make it that night, they'd ask like, "Can you play?" And I'd, I'd join a couple times. But like, I will say this: like we got destroyed 
a bunch of because like if you are not executing properly as a team it's hard they're gonna kill you it's and like hard, frankly yeah. i find that while it's a different sort of approach to the same material i find that pretty true to the ghost recon name that's true um that's, that's a good that point. predator mission was hard as balls i mean a lot of those missions were hard like you know and, and like if you didn't have someone spotting and yeah. tagging like you had no chance and that's yeah. true to the brand as it far is. as i'm saying and, yeah. early, and early on yeah it's pretty brainless the first couple provinces i got, got kind of bored but frankly playing those later things with the people who had been playing for like i'm not kidding like 200 hours at that point like was like oh this is very different like like this is very different from what i was playing before in the early, in the early stages like i can see why uh people stuck with it for so long because um uh that became like you really had to be working together properly uh, and i was i even had trouble because like they had a kind of a shorthand with each other and i didn't know the game well enough or them well enough to like really fit in that well so for a while i was a liability because i wasn't like you know i was a not working in tandem with them properly and b too much in my video game head space of like i'm just gonna go for it you know it's like no you're just gonna die (laughs) so i think it's it's obviously not the same experience as advanced warfighter um which is a more methodical game but like more militaristic i certainly don't find it to be um I don't find it to be like some kind of like besmirchment of the Ghost Recon name. It's obviously different, but like it worked. Like obviously. Yes, yeah, yeah, those kind of sales. So Yep. So I'm guessing we're gonna see Ghost Recon yeah. Wildlands two on Thursday and we'll my talk main hope about is it. just it's an interesting new setting. Like yep. just make it somewhere different and somewhere cool. Um and uh, you know, setting could push me over the depending on what it is. Uh not snow. I don't. I, I had. Enough, <laughs> I played enough of the division to never need to play a third-person shooter in snow ever again. I'm good with that. It's a lazy way to de- to design a game. <laughs> but anyway, it's going to be unveiled on Thursday. Uh, you'll definitely we'll have the uh, live stream curated to sift it if you want to check it out. I think it's Thursday morning at like 11 or something like that. Also, I believe Sony's next days of play is on Thursday. Yeah, that's soon. Yeah, is it Thursday. Yeah, I, th- I think they maybe. said they're already un- already that they're unveiling a brand new game during that. Hmm. days of play so next next episode should be great we should have a lot of stuff to talk about and it's time to move on to our last topic of this week's episode and that is borderlands 3 so borderlands 3 they had the initial unveiling it's very rare where a game has like a huge event to debut the game and then less than like two weeks later has another gigantic event where people get to show up and play it um, obviously, they used PAX for the first event, and mm-hmm. now they had their own event for this. Uh, they showed off tons of the game, hours and hours of yeah, the game. Like I, I guess I assume they feel like they might get buried at E3. Maybe. Like, it feels like that Borderlands is a big enough name that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Or maybe we're seeing sort of the runoff of what happens when Sony doesn't do a press conference. It's possible. Maybe, I'll maybe say Borderlands this. didn't make the Xbox cut. I'll say this, Borderlands 3 is tracking really well on Sifted. Like, Mm -hmm. pretty much everything we posted for it has done huge numbers on the site. So people are engaged. (laughs) Well, we'll see what Randy Pitchford can do to stop that. (laughs) So before we get to Randy, (laughs) and we are going to get to Randy, uh, we've talked about Randy more than once on Game Face in not the most flattering light. Uh, We're going to get to some stuff that's been going on with him, but let's talk about the game proper first. Um... The plot, they didn't explain a ton about the plot, and mm. the problem was they, when they demoed the game, they started the game from the beginning and skipped all the cutscenes. So right. 
It's like at the same time, who's playing Borderlands for the plot? Really? Yeah, I mean, the some DLC, people might. I think I played more. I mean, I can see play. I can see playing for the characters. Yeah, but the story of Borderlands is like there's a vault. Go get it. <laughs> it's like you know, it's a loot game, and it makes no bones about that. Um, well, so if you remember the. I think the first two Borderlands, didn't they both take place in just one location and you just stayed there? Um, I mean, it was a pretty wide location, but they are both on Pandora. The, yeah, the, 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 same, the same planet. And then at the end of, uh, you ended up, I think, on in that space station, you know, Handsome Jack space station near the end of two. But like 98% is on that, on Pandora. Yep. Uh, this game starts out in the city of Sanctuary. Then you get on a giant spaceship called the Sanctuary 3 that eventually takes you to a number of different planets. So you're planet hopping in this game. It's That's not, good. Yeah. Like, again, this is another game that needed to make a change of scenery. Yep. Um, you know, you can only take so much alien desert for three games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did, how has the gunplay felt to you in Borderlands, the first two games? Not tops. Yeah, it's like um, serviceable, but... Functional. Also, like, really dependent on what gun you find. Yeah. Like, like there's and I, and like that's the thing is like yeah the guns are crazy and like they put them you know they're procedural generated or whatever but like sometimes it just became a matter of like oh cool I found this powerful rock oh no it shoots five rockets like in horizontally different in different directions yeah. direction. like oh, okay <laughs> and I run out of ammo in like four shots right. and it's like I'm just gonna go back to my machine gun it's like yeah yeah I found myself basically really hoping for a simple straightforward rifle based gun. That maybe had a an element effect on it. Yep. And rotating through about three of those, depending on the situation. Yep. Um, for all the the touting of the crazy weird guns, like most of the crazy weird stuff was just like you fired it a couple times. Oh, that's neat. And then go back to your normal. Pretty much. Thing. You just try it out and be like, up oh, this sucks. And maybe you get super <laughs> lucky and like you get like a, one of those rocket launchers that fires like eight missiles at once in a big cluster. Yeah. And like, oh, that's useful for like a big boss or something. You save that for when like, you know, you got to fight like the big stuff. Um, but like really a lot of it has just, was just like, meh, you know. Yeah. Like it, for all the, the, the hook of the, the, you know, millions of guns or whatever, it felt like maybe 10,000 were useful. Maybe. And you were just hoping. I mean, that's why I kept doing that stupid, stupid stuff with the gold keys in Borderlands 2. I was just hoping to get a decent gun out of it. Yeah. Like, like I was using the same standard rifle in Borderlands 2, I think, for like 25 levels at one point. And like just kind of, you know, adding stuff on to make it more powerful and make it hopefully find, find or something to replace it. Or tune it elementally or whatever. Like it was yeah. just... It well... Was, it, I, felt, I felt like the system was against you more than anything else. And then like, you know... The gunplay was not fantastic anyway, and like you were always not sure. If I really thought I head headshot that guy, but it didn't. And then like I'm just oh, I gotta just hit hit because him repeatedly the numbers, until the number pops. That's up, you know. the number crunching under the hood. That's what yeah. drives me crazy about this franchise, and that's why I never resonated with it. And to kind of give you an idea of how rudimentary the shooting mechanics were in the first two games, the big bullet points for this game is the ability to mantle and slide. It didn't even occur to me that you couldn't do that <laughs> until I read that bullet point. Well, look, I mean, one thing about it is, despite those the prior two games' deficiencies, those games were built and designed around those deficiencies. So, therefore, mm -hmm. you didn't notice you couldn't mantle because... They never asked me to. They never asked you to. Yeah. But that those are the two big inclusions to the gunplay and the traversal in this. And in my experience, being able to mantle and slide 
changes a lot. It changes the whole feel of how you play because you no longer see a, a waist-high wall and feel constricted. You're like, I can jump over that. In fact, I can jump over it and then crouch, and then I have some cover. It changes how you look at all the environments and how you play and how the, the skirmishes play well, out. I would hope the mantling means there's a little more verticality to some Yeah, of that's true, too. They're, it's they're very, very flat. flat games. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping that that's the case as well. Um, there are alt fire modes for a lot of the guns. Not for mm -hmm. every one of them, but for a lot of them. That could be an interesting way of addressing like my complaint there of like... If you have like a weirdo gun that like has a more normal primary fire and then the alt fire does like the crazy thing. Yeah. Like, because that was the thing is like some of them did have like crazy abilities that like would be useful in specific situations, but you certainly wouldn't want to wouldn't want to use it constantly. Right. But the limited gun selection in terms of your inventory, like sort of locked you into like not specializing like that. So the alt fire could actually go a long way to fixing that aspect of the game, I think. Um, I like I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, if it's been tweaked properly. Again, that's something that I'm like, really? They're just yeah, not get, putting yeah. that in the game. <laughs> but like, uh, there's something you can do there. I mean, like even like things as like mundane as like the fact that like there was the one brand of guns and two where like instead of reloading, you just threw the gun as a grenade and right. blew up. Like that's yeah. uh, cool stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a that's a nice idea. And that's the type of stuff that they're going for. Yeah. Um, let's see. They've reworked the skill trees. Um, each playable character has three action skills to develop and swap between. Mm. And I don't know if you've watched any of the footage, but they're insane. They're like ultimates from like Overwatch. I feel like though... It seems odd to take you out of the first person view for it. It is. I feel like though Gearbox is a little bit nervous about making too many changes. Mm. And I don't blame them because obviously the formula works. The games have sold extremely well. They have a ton of, and again, I can see it in the statistics on Sifted. There are people who love this franchise. So I can understand you'd be a little reticent to change too much. Like there's these weird kind of FMV sequences that kind of pop up. Hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll rework that. It, it seems kind of jarring. And again, it seems like something that would be in a game from like the last generation instead of this one. But I, I don't know. That seems like something that should change. Like just mm -hmm. the way the game is presented. It's almost like they want it to appear old school to appeal to fans in some weird way. I'm hoping that that's something that they'll tweak because... This is a weird thing to do in a co-op game. It is. It's really weird. It, and you're right. It kind of stops the game and breaks up the action. And it goes against what we were saying earlier about including mantling and sliding mm. to create that more action sort of Twitch-based yeah, gameplay. I feel play. like that's a, that's a thing that wasn't broken. Like, right, I, yeah. I, I never felt like I needed a cutscene of of the soldier throwing the turret down or anything like just do it but i like that each character has three of them right it's like in most games you get one yeah it was <laughs> like, always kind of that weird thing it's like oh there's there's just one you have one ability yeah basically. okay it's interesting you get three and not only that each one of them can be tweaked mm -hmm. with augments so you can basically assign augments to each of those skills and then it will alter how they work and how effective they are against particular enemies i'm assuming elemental stuff yeah. will come into I mean, play that, there. That actually is another uh, thing of like, well, you, you, you couldn't do that before. I <laughs> it's know, like, yeah. I mean, you forget how old Borderlands 2 it is. It is old, but... yeah. I mean, because they've re-released it so many freaking yeah. times. And they've kept the IP front and center by doing deals with Telltale and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It doesn't seem like Borderlands has been away as long as it actually has yeah. been. And a lot's changed since then. I mean, there's the pre-sequel, but that was that Gearbox? I don't think that was... That was no, that was, yeah, a, that was a, another developer. Yeah. Um, I didn't play that really. There's loot. They're what they're calling loot instancing, which basically all it is is that 
everybody sees different loot mm. and the loot is catered towards each person so there's no race to be the first one to grab loot and the loot that you get is something that will actually be relevant to you and your where your character is instead of something that like you're gonna have to bank because you're not going to be able to use it for another five levels or something that's irrelevant to you because it's so weak and you've mm -hmm. kind of moved past that point. So essentially the loot scales and is unique to you, which again is something that should have is yeah, commonplace now. Like, but it's sort of like, yeah, I remember when Diablo 3 did that in 2012 or whatever. But um, I mean, that's, I mean, it's better than not doing it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then there is also level balancing, which is one thing that other games still have not got right. Like, even with The Division 2, if you're playing with someone who was way higher than you, the game just basically just barfed. It was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> um, like, I, I was saying, I played some co-op with a sifter, and he was level 27, and I was like level 20 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And literally, he just one-shotted <laughs> Everyone, one bullet, just pow, just the whole meter just zapped to nothing. And, you know, if they would shoot me once, I would die, but he could never die. Mm. So it was just this constant loop of me getting shot once, dying, him sh killing everyone with one bullet, and then coming over and reviving me, yeah. rinse and repeat. Or like the Anthem thing where the starting rifle like was better than, than like anything you could ever right have. <laughs> So it looks like they're going to balance the so, leveling so that it's challenging for everyone. I'll be interested. It's a delicate, to delicate job. Yeah, I'm. I'll be surprised if they get it right because a lot of people have tried and all of them have failed. So we'll see about that. Um, and then I guess maybe the best thing for everyone, even though it seems like a lot of the decisions they're making with this game is to appease their fans, there is also a classic mode where you can go back and just play the game exactly the way it was in mm -hmm. the first two games. Matt, what percentage of players do you think are going to play on classic mode? I think it depends how broken the new thing is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if it's a mess, everyone will Like, if everything's it. fine, probably a pretty small minority, but if everything doesn't work properly, I could see everyone using that as sort of a, a workaround, basically. I honestly wonder, even if, like, the base new game is fine, if even... Uh, 40 50 percent of people play the classic mode no, i'd be i think closer to 10 15 really i think that i mean why if if all the new stuff works properly why trade it out if you unless it unless it breaks because some people just like, like the way things were yeah particularly when you're the fact that fan. that exists also makes me wonder exactly how important or integral any of the new right. stuff is <laughs> exactly if you can still play it like that like well how i guess i don't have to mantle all that much huh yep it's true so even the, despite the fact that they showed five hours of the game, that's pretty much all the information that was mm -hmm. gleaned from from the the gameplay debut. However, since then, all kinds of crazy stuff has happened. So, probably the biggest of which, and the game face poll of the week is based around around that, is after the event was over, our good buddy Randy Pitchford. Mm -hmm got in a Twitter shouting match with Game Informer because Game mm -hmm. Informer accurately reported that there were microtransactions in the game yeah. despite Randy on stage saying that there are no, and this is a quote, there are no microtransactions. He said there's no microtransactions, but you, they are selling cosmetic stuff. Which is microtransact. But like did a, he say in the... I don't think he said in the presentation that they were selling cosmetics at he all. Did. Oh, he did. Yeah. The, the, the disagreement here is that Randy doesn't seem to think that cosmetic cosmetics. stuff is microtransaction. Yeah. They're, they were using microtransaction to mean like loot box. 
they were using microtransaction to mean like in-game gambling, as, right. as like you know, like the kind of thing that like Randy was playing like, stupid. He was acting like he he. But everybody knows that microtransactions are just small, small purchases, small price purchases beyond of any the base kind. price that you paid yeah, for the like, game. Like even if there's no loot box or, or slot machine involved. You know, buying a $3 piece of horse armor is a microtransaction. It's always... That, that was the first microtransaction. was a cosmetic horse armor. It item. was, absolutely. Like, that was it. So, to claim you don't have any microtransactions and then say, oh, but we are... You know, obviously we have the cosmetic stuff. Well, you just contradicted yourself. I'm not saying you lied because that's not the same thing. Being wrong is not the same as lying. Here's the thing, though. It, it, Randy is acting like he's been living in, like, 2008 and was just magically teleported to 2019 well i mean they did just put mantle in it <laughs> that's a good point like, but let's be honest we don't maybe he, mm, he's yeah. trying to feign ignorance when he he's a developer in this industry making games that move in that space hell he's also a sleight of hand artist he is <laughs> isn't borderlands like one of the franchises that started all this crap a little bit i, I mean, mean they was kind of one of the progenitors of it um, I think, you know, it, not for, like, real money necessarily, but I think, like, the, the Borderlands to like, the gold key thing, yeah. the, shift, the shift codes, they weren't charging money for that, but it had a similar flavor. An aesthetic, a yeah. Aesthetically, it had a similar flavor. You're kind of doing the same. You're opening, basically, a loot box, yeah. and they were, giving you, they were giving you codes on Twitter. Basically, they were like, like, engage with us on social media. We'll give you stuff in, game. in, sort, of a, in sort of a Russian roulette sort of thing. Yep. Um, it's not Russian. It's just it's just the, <laughs> the gun thing is throwing me off. It was kind of like because there's guns, it's right? Like, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I was assuming that Borderlands Three, whenever it got made, was going to be packed full of that stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they're they're doing cosmetic because the skins are not something that are particularly important. Um, yeah, I mean, we look. We're on the record many times saying that we really have no problem with. Cosmetic yeah. microtransactions, and I don't care that much. And about nobody does. I don't really. care that much about cosmetic stuff in Borderlands because I can't see my character. Right. Yeah, so first person. Who cares? Well, I think um, most people care that other people see their character. Yeah, but it's just like, like I read a story mm. today about, and this is interesting, that Fortnite. You know, people say, "Oh, there there aren't predatory practices in Fortnite because anything that you pay for is cosmetic." But what people don't realize is that Fortnite is played by mostly children mm -hmm. and. Their avatars in the digital world are treated very much the same way as they are treated in the real world. So say you're a fifth grader and you meet a bunch of new friends at school and they're like, hey, come play Fortnite with us tonight. Word, let's get on. You get online, you go to play and you start playing and your character is default. Apparently, it's like being like the poor kid showing up in like yep. used clothes or yep. something. Huh. Yep. And it that's sucked. when it changes. It's crazy, dude. But that's when it changes everything. That's hmm. when it isn't really just a harmless yeah, microtransaction. Now, now, you're, now you're after you're asking mom and dad for microtransactions so you can like basically keep up with the cool kids. Yeah, and you, I wouldn't even be surprised if there are kids out there that are bargaining with their parents saying, well, look, I can get these shoes in Fortnite for a dollar instead of $60. Mm -hmm. Because it's like their avatar has become their representative in the real world in a lot of ways. So... The discussion around cosmetic microtransactions is starting to change because most of the people who consume them are children and the children are not looking at it the way we do. They instead, like you said, I can't see it. 
They don't mm-hmm. care that they can't see it. They care that the other players can see it. Well, hopefully they're not playing Borderlands. <laughs> yeah, well, they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know they are. I mean, you play any M-rated game in, online, and it's half of the people mm-hmm. playing are kids. Like Either that or people are like inhaling helium while they play. But it's changing. So our stance Flip has always been... On that one, really. <laughs> so our stance has always been... Cosmetic microtransactions, fine, but that's starting to change. Like yeah, my well, perspective, that's a di- it's a different discussion, really. I mean, it is. I mean, unbalancing the game by pay-to-win tactics is one thing. Um, the sociological ramifications of popular games and being judged by your financial ability to bling out your avatar is a very different scenario. It is. Um, I would say that's probably strongly limited to Fortnite at this point because Fortnite is sort of the social. Yeah. The social plane. I mean, yeah. Fortnite showed up in Avengers. For I mean, I know they Did have. A, yeah, I know they have a. Uh, like you get a Fortnite joke in Avengers Endgame. It's like, that's weird. It's well, they've got the Thanos tie-in, right? So that was a mistake. That's like like saying not in Aladdin. Eh, <laughs> it dates it. It's pretty funny. It keeps it from being evergreen, though. Uh, it dates it because there's a specific date it takes place in. Ah, so, okay, gotcha. Um, the, 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 the Avengers, Avengers, all these those movies that will always take place in the years that they take place in. I don't think that's a big, it, you don't need to be universal about that, but I'm just saying, if you were wondering how important that game is. Yeah, all, we all knew that. I don't think we were wondering about the, that. The number one box office hit of all time <laughs> is going to have a Fortnite joke. It's immortalized, it. yeah, yeah, forever and ever. And so, so, Randy feigning ignorance, that's bullshit. Like, this, Randy trying to act like, oh, I didn't know, like, what, what is considered a microtransaction or what isn't. Like, that's bullshit to me. Like, I don't mm. believe that for a minute. And so he gets in this very public dispute with Game Informer on Twitter where Game Informer reported what he said. Their report yeah. was 100%, and Randy would not let it go. He made an ass out of himself in front of all of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, in best case scenario, he used the wrong word. He right. said microtransaction, oh, right. but he meant loot box. Right. That's the best case scenario. Right. But in that scenario, I want you to say, oh, I thought I'm... I, because I that's not what it. happened. Of course not. Like, if he had done that, he'd have been, oh, it was just a total mistake on my part. I can even show you the script where I was supposed to use the other word, but I did Instead, he just doubled down and, like, went mm-hmm. after Game Informer. It was very weird. It's like, he got to the point where he was reply. Game Informer gave up. <laughs> it was like, I-, I don't know what else to tell you, bro. Like, everybody in the world knows that we're right, but you... And he replied to himself eight times. Wow. After Game Informer was like, we're washing our hands of this crap, he well, just kept do? going yeah. and going. <coughs> it's crazy. He could, you're absolutely right. He could have just ended it right there by like, I misread the script. Like, I did not read the teleprompter. I should have. My mistake. The game does not have loot boxes. But no. He had to once again. Doesn't have loot boxes or doesn't have pay to win stuff. Right. And you can't buy guns or gameplay mechanics stuff. You get all. Nobody would have but cared. But microtransaction just means, you know, like say, uh, you know, cheap, you know, under five dollar transaction yeah. purchase. Like that's, that's all a, it means. That's literally why I with say the two words. Micro it's, a, it's a compound word. Like it's right there in the two things that yeah. make up the word. I mean, like, he could have just done that and it would have been fine, but he didn't. He had to be Randy Pitchford. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And so... I mean, remember you were saying, like, you know, in the wake of all the, the lost USB drive stuff and the lawsuit stuff, you know, you know, they're probably going to keep Randy, you know, in a box somewhere while they promote Borderlands 3. 
Apparently not. They should not have. The plan, they should have listened yeah. to us. Um, and so our poll of the week was about Randy Pitchford, and uh, we'll bring that up right now. Um, and the poll read, do you think Randy Pitchford was being intentionally deceptive when saying Borderlands 3 doesn't have microtransactions? And the options were, yes, cosmetics count, no, only loot boxes count, and I'm not sure. And of all the polls of the week that we've done for Game Face, this was far and away the biggest landslide. 62% voted yes, cosmetics count, meaning yes, Randy was being intentionally misleading. 20, 21% said no, only loot boxes count. And then 17% were like, I don't even know what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> so, As most, Marvin said in the back seat before being shot in the face in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So most people... Always have an opinion, people. <laughs> Absolutely. Always have a take. Especially when John Travolta asks. <laughs> Jim Rome says, always have a take, don't suck. Um, so 62% of the people who responded to the yeah. poll believe that he was intentionally misleading people into believing that there yeah. was... Your choices here are like, you are intentionally misleading people or you don't know what a microtransaction is. Right. Like, and no one's going to believe which, that he doesn't which, know what a microtransaction is. Which one do you prefer? Yeah. And 17% were just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to get involved. So it appears that the vast majority of people agree with us that mm. for whatever reason, Randy just... I don't know what he's doing, dude. It's crazy. And so then that happens, and then does he? He has. He's not the sole owner of Gearbox, right? There's I other don't people, believe so. There's yeah. other people. Who, it's privately owned company, but right. he other people co-own it, right? Yeah, but I think he has like controlling interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. that's a problem. I, I feel like I'd still be making a phone call or two. It might be time to overthrow. <laughs> because okay, so this is just the beginning. So then. The voice actor who plays Claptrap, one of the most iconic characters mm -hmm. in the franchise. Dave, Dave Eddings. Yep. I did not know this, but he was like the chief financial officer oh, yeah. of Gearbox. Yeah. He also did the voice work for Claptrap. Yeah. I know him vaguely. I've met him several times uh, at various events and like hung out at places. Like We're not friends or anything, but like I, do, I have met him and know him better than I'd say I know Randy. Yep. So apparently... The first two games, he did it for free. He did not get paid for the voice yeah. acting at all. He, Which I might add, I mean, I guess it's probably different when you're an executive at the company, but I know several people who were who worked at a company, a game dev company, and ended up doing voices. They all got paid separately. Technically, you have to. Yeah. It's like, like working at most of them, like Most it, of them got signed up for SAG and got scale and the yeah, whole and deal. Yeah, and got the residuals like, all, and all, all, of it. all above board, the whole thing. And so this guy, he... Was an executive at the studio. He also did the voice work. Didn't ask to get paid for the first two games. When they went to do the third game, he was like, look, I've cut you a break for the first two, but... If well, you he also didn't work there anymore. Right. But he's yeah. like, you're going to have to pay me to voice yeah, him Yeah, because I'm time. not your VP anymore. Right. Like, if you want me to hire me as a voice actor, you have to hire me as a voice actor. Yeah. Like and it's... Randy wasn't having it. And so this opened up a whole other very public dispute between mm. Randy and someone else. Um, what's his name again? Dave. Dave. Dave, Dave Eddings. Eddings. Then starts spilling the beans on yeah. Randy. And this was also remember that Dave was... Which the, Randy should have known this. When the when the lawsuit thing came up with the the, the, the lawyer that, that Randy was suing then countersued and had the thing where he said that, that he took he stole $13 million from Gearbox employees. Yep. And then that day, Dave Eddings tweeted, it's true. Yep. And everyone's like, what is that? What is, what's true? What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. And so he mentioned again in this thread about like taking $12 million from some employee bonus fund or something. I, presumably that's what that was in reference to. Yep. 
He well, he also had another story, which was that Randy assaulted him. Yeah, in the in the lobby of the Marriott at GDC 2017, I think. Yeah, um, which is like, it's funny. What like, is that? I don't what know. does that I, look like? Someone has video of that, right? Let's see. Here's that. Randy Pitchford's assault. And like, I don't know what it is, but like, almost I'd say 90 percent of the physical altercations I've seen or been in tangent to have in the game industry have all been at GDC. Yeah. I don't know I don't what know. it is that happens at GDC. People get too drunk, but like, maybe. The fists come up at GDC. <laughs> I don't well. know why. Like I have been and and been have been also been with people who have been accosted physically in lobbies every time it's at GDC. Well remember last year there were homeless people trying to kill GDC attendees, <laughs> shoving them into traffic <laughs> off the sidewalk. Like Whatever it is about that event, it, it sets people off. I think a lot of it has to do with the heavy drinking that goes on there. there. Must, yeah, it must be more. And also because everything's in close proximity. Like, you can get to the drinking much quicker. Yes. <laughs> you from the Moscone and Center. And then get back yeah. to the show yeah. drunk. You can go straight to the W, back across the street. Like, you're just like, all right, now I'm ready to, now I'm ready to take on that guy to get yeah. my game of five. You know? <laughs> so, so Randy tests this guy, and then the guy's like, okay, you want to play like that? Well, I'm just going to put all this other stuff out about you. Ultimately, I mean, the conclusion that I think anyone who is sane will come to is that Randy really doesn't have any business running a big studio. Yeah, I mean, certainly if he's if you're in that position, you have to be quiet. More. You also got to remember like, the stuff that happened earlier about the thumb drive, the thumb drive that he left at a restaurant that, that had, had it totally had, top secret crap top on secret it, documents and porn, and porn like. Uh, you, like it, any other executive would have been fired so long ago. Yeah, you can't, you can't fire the guy who runs the company. Well, that's why you have a board. I mean, yeah. you know, you're gonna if you're concerned about it, you got to go. I mean, to the it's board. basically like if you did that, right? Like you can't. You're not gonna fire yourself. Yeah, but if I had a board, they could get me out. Yeah. And a company that's that big has a board. Yeah, I don't know what the structure. I mean, I know he co-founded it with like three or four other people, uh, but that was like that was 20 years ago. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what the what the structure is now. Or, yeah. But uh, it's, I mean, in, in the, the midst to of be all fair, this, to be fair, someone who is bad at that doesn't keep a company running for 20 years. So he must be pretty good at it. Or the other people there are really good. Yeah. but he, And they're covering his, for his mistakes. Yeah. I feel like we would hear more about that. I mean, I feel like we are kind of hearing about it. We're hearing a little bit about it, but it's like one guy who, uh, got, someone's got to have footage of that, right? <laughs> you would think. Like There's the, cameras everywhere there. You would think. Yeah. I'm sure the lobby, the hotel, probably has footage of it or whatever. I mean, they could dig up. I mean, I mean, also it's like if you're just at GDC and you see that happen, boom! Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I mean, but so you have to look at it from the perspective too. There's a publisher working on this game. It's not just Gearbox. You have mm -hmm. 2K who's standing there being like, "What the f is going yeah. on?" The 2K's got to be like, you know, the Hauser brothers don't do this shit. Right. <laughs> think about that. Like. like 2K has the power to make something happen. Mm -hmm. This game is a big bet. It's a gigantic game. It has the, the possibility to sell like 20 million copies it's in a couple of years. It's their biggest bet this year. Yes. It's their biggest release. And you have this dude over here just totally screwing it all up. Like, And after, I mean, this isn't the first time with Randy either. You go back to Aliens, Colonial Marines, and all the crap. It's just been one thing after another. And it's just like this culmination of all this stuff he's done. I'm like, how does he still have a job? Like, I have seen people fired for so much less. Lots of people fired for so much less. I've had to fire people for so much less. Like, yeah, but he's he's 
working for himself effectively. I mean, he's not. If all the money's coming from 2K, like... Well, 2K, I guess, could cancel their contract, but they're not going to do that over a, a couple of weeks. Well, it's too tweets. late now. I mean... I mean, I'm sure there's a phone call in the future. Or, like, you know, maybe they don't pick up the game and the, who owns it? Does 2K own Borderlands or does Gearbox? I don't know. Because if that's the case, they could take Borderlands to another developer next time. I'm pretty sure Gearbox owns it. I, they'd be idiotic to not own it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Like... Because I, I they could have signed it away at some point. I don't think so. I th- I'm pretty sure Gearbox owns it. Um, I it mean, seems I'm sure like there's, it... there's a publishing deal in place with 2K, obviously, for anything Borderlands related. But like, um... it seems like it because all the media is going up on Gearbox's YouTube channel. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm, 2K's, but I think so. Um, and probably other publishers would be happy to have Borderlands in their stable. Yeah, but it may THQ be one of those. Nordic's open. But it could be one of those things where 2K exactly. It could be one of those one of those things where 2K is drops it, and then the next publisher is like, "Well, mm-hmm. we're not picking it up unless you get rid of Randy." Well, I don't think 2K is going to drop Borderlands three. Like it's too close to release. No, not Bo- I mean after this one comes out. Well, who knows how many years it could be before another one of those. Well, we do know out. at least five. Yeah. <laughs> Um, at least so it might be yeah a, i mean at this point 2k just has to deal with it i mean yeah they maybe can force him to put out a statement and apologize to game informer or something and it's gonna but, it's gonna depend on what kind of sales look you know what sales look like if they're on target for what you think they're gonna be big they should, be, they should i mean most people who buy borderlands 3 are never gonna know any of this happened yeah um it's very much internal folded in game industry drama for sure um you know you're talking about you know even even the maximum of, of these t- you know these tweets were like you know, Randy complains to Game Informer, or or uh, Dave uh, yells at yells about Randy. Like you're talking about a few thousand likes and retweets about it. Two K may a, care about a game that that's twelve million dollars that went missing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that won't mean that's in court proceedings. Yeah. Right so we're, we're gonna one way or the other, they're gonna find out what happened to that. We may never find out because yeah. settlements often have a privacy clause in them or an NDA attached to them. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that they will get to the bottom of that and whatever the outcome of that or, or the truth of that is, uh, I'm sure there will be repercussions. Um, it's very impossible we will see Borderlands 4 published by somebody else. It's you know, possible. If 2K decides it's just not worth it. Or if Borderlands 3 sells 15 million copies, maybe they figure a little... little squeaky wheel is worth it maybe it helped the hype behind the game like maybe i don't know it's like, possible i mean stranger I don't know. things have happened stranger things but i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I feel like courting negative publicity that way is too risky in the in this day and age i mean there's that's the theory that like the sonic the hedgehog movie design was always supposed to be terrible so they could make a big show out of redoing it or something which i'm like i I mean, I don't really buy that. I mean, to be fair, most people are talking about the Sonic movie more than Detective Pikachu right now because of that, because everyone's sort of okay with Detective Pikachu and Sonic is a, a horrific monster that should never have seen the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, the controversy but like, but I think, always works to generate interest. Like, if you look it at... It generates interest, but it doesn't always generate success. And, like, I don't know if, like, you really would feel you'd need to do that with Borderlands. Like, yeah. Like, the Maybe Kentucky Derby this weekend. Did you hear what happened with that? I heard about the disqualification thing and somebody, so, uh, like some crazy, crazy odds. Yeah, the so second what, place winner was... Very like quickly, else. what happened was the horse who was favored was leading. He was coming down the final stretch, and he started drifting into other lanes. And you can blatantly see it basically trips the other horses, and they all fall behind. And then some other horse comes around the side and wins. He actually didn't win. The lead horse still won, but he ended up ahead of all the other horses that Mm. he had basically bumped and sent back. So it took him 22 minutes 
And after 22 minutes, they decided, no, the, the guy who bumped the other, the horse that bumped the other horses is disqualified. Whoever finished behind him is the mm. winner. And so that horse that snuck around the outside, who should have never won, ended up technically winning the race. If you look at the, the ratings for the Kentucky Derby, the post-race coverage destroyed all ratings records for the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. So the race itself was just another, it did okay, people watched. It was five it was hours. Derby. Five hours of buildup for a two-minute race, by the way. So typical ratings. Oh, I've been to Kentucky Derby parties yeah. and learned that one the hard way. Yeah. Like, Wait, that was it? Yeah, that's it. And the ratings after the race ended were, were like the highest in the history of the race. So, so next year, look forward to some real swerving horses. Yeah, I mean, but seriously, like controversy drives eyeballs and interest. And right, so but it doesn't. Maybe it, on some level, 2K looks at it and says, wow, this sold better than we thought. Maybe the controversy had something to do with it. Maybe it was a positive. I don't know. Like, it's. If I find it hard to believe that something that maybe a couple, 10, 20,000 people know about and talk about is going to matter on a game you expect to sell 15 million copies. Like, yeah. It's just like the the controversy is is noteworthy among like those of us who follow this sort of inside baseball stuff, but like it's not going to affect the sales of a triple A tentpole game. Like it's just it's just not there. Yeah. Um, in the same way that I feel like the redoing of the Sonic thing is something they had, they maybe they didn't plan to do it, but it sounds to me like there was a there were two competing camps. Uh, between people, the other camp people who wanted the weird stuff and people who wanted to go more old school with the Sonic design, and when they put the trailer out, the people who you know, the people who wanted you know to redesign it won, and then the people who, then they put the trailer out, and the backlash on the internet was huge in terms of backlash for stuff like that, um, and then the people who said, "See, we told you we should go old school," says to me that they had a, a contingency plan ready to go. It's possible, but I don't going to redo all that CG. But I don't think it was part of a calculated plan to use controversy to gain yeah i'd agree with that uh visibility it's just that's although it did yeah but you don't i mean that sonic movie got way more free publicity than it ever would have got yeah but if I don't, it was actually looked good but i don't think that's going to translate into like ticket sales yeah you know I mean? probably not um and at least that is directly related to the quality of the product as opposed right. to randy being a weirdo is yeah. like not really yelling at game informer is not like, why would you want to reward that, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's not really something that makes me want to buy the game. No. It makes me talk about the game, which is something, but, like, that doesn't necessarily translate into success, which is, what, you know. But do you want to buy the game all on your own? So after seeing this gameplay review, are you more excited for it or less excited? Eh, about even. I mean, I'm I, more. I I'm way more. I've never been a, a Borderlands player. I've never liked it. It's stunning to me that a lot of this stuff that is the are new features are new features but they're good new features and it's going to make me more interested in playing it um i thought the gameplay reveal looked great i think the game looks pretty freaking awesome looks i've nice, definitely yeah. never been this excited for a borderlands game it's really going to end up being it's going to end up hinging on what's coming out around the same time for me yeah um, I feel like I've played Borderlands. I've been all the way through. See, I haven't done two. it. I haven't done the whole. I've never finished like a Borderlands it's kind of game. A, it's kind of a Division Two thing where I'm just yeah. like, that's cool. It looks a lot like the thing I've already done. Um, which by the end of doing it, I kind of felt a little nauseous. Yeah. Really, it was you know I ate too much of the pie. Yeah. And I might still not be ready for more pie. Yeah. Um, but I did like Borderlands back in the day. You know. Uh, 
looks good. I mean, I love the. I think the visuals looks are great. cool. Yeah, uh, certainly. You know, they didn't. Seems to run they didn't very change well. it, but they. they you know, they didn't reinvent it, but they like you know updated it to the 4K era, and it looks nice. And maybe, maybe. I mean, you're I, gonna play it. Maybe. You'll I mean, I don't it. know. It comes out in like what September? Yeah. Right? It really depends what else comes out in September. Yeah. Um, I'm there. I'm gonna play it. And uh, I don't know if I'll finish it, but I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to take it. And trust me, after Borderlands 2, I wouldn't think I would be sitting here saying that about Borderlands 3. So Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, I like Borderlands 2. I, I, I started up again when they did that update and played a little bit. And it recurred to me how just big and open and wide and flat and endless <laughs> that, that game is. So, like, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, as, the, as, the, as the pre-release previews pop up, we'll see what what it looks like and if it looks like it has a little, a little more verve to it than just Borderlands again. Yeah. All right. With that, it's time for our trailer of the week. As we've been talking about on the show, May is very, very slow. Uh, there's really one big game coming out this month. If you watch Dossier, then you know there's some great indie stuff coming, but not a lot of big budget stuff. One exception, though, is a game called A Plague Tale. Um, the debut trailer for this game, I think we, we ran it on Game Face, was amazing. And then the game just disappeared for like a year and a half. The game's about to come out this month, and so they're ramping up the production for it. It's basically like a, it's a stealth game set in the 14th century where a rat plague has taken over everything. Mm. No, a a black not a supernatural rat plague, though. No. I should have added. There's, there's supernatural well, it clear, Clearly, it was what, what the Black Death really was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, uh, it's the uh, Assassin's Creed history idea. Yep. Uh, but anyway, the game's coming out very soon, and they just released a gameplay trailer. Well, let's roll it. I won't ask again. Where is your son? In good hands. Amicia de Rune and her young brother Hugo set out on a poetic and harrowing journey deep into the dark heart of the plague-ridden, war-torn kingdom of France. Following an unspeakable tragedy, the siblings are forced to abandon their home. Pursued by the relentless Inquisition and unending swarms of ravenous rats. Thrust into a brutal new reality, they will confront dangers no child should ever face. Meanwhile, Hugo is afflicted by a mysterious sickness, driving Amicia to hunt for a cure. She must do whatever it takes to protect her little brother and survive in this harsh and hostile world. Though bold, Amicia is just a child, and direct confrontation with her foes is futile. Instead, she will need to use her wits and ingenuity to best the threats that pave her journey. I, I, I didn't want to. Amicia! Finally! Hugo is far from just a burden. His innocence and naivety are offset by his courage, and he will prove vital in working with Amicia to overcome the obstacles ahead. Balancing light with darkness is critical to their survival. In some cases, Amicia will use this to her own grisly advantage. Though inescapable in their new reality, death is still unfamiliar to the two children. 
and the piling bodies are sure to have an impact on both their young minds. Do you think we are hurting them? Through their journey, they will meet those trained in the art of alchemy, who will offer alternative ways to overcome foes or open new paths. It will protect you, and it's pretty too. Oh, all right. Now we can go. Thank you, Hugo. Both the plague and the Hundred Years' War with England have brought suffering to the lives of all in this decaying kingdom. And over time, the siblings will meet others in similarly dire circumstances. These dark times mean they aren't the only ones forced to adapt, developing vital skills to survive an uncaring world. And Amicia and Hugo will need all the help they can get. All right, so beggars can't be choosers of May, people. You gotta take what you can get. And honestly, that is one of the better games coming out of May. At least yeah. one of the more interesting ones. I like the look. Yeah. It's like a good art style. It seems interesting at the very least, which honestly mm -hmm. is kind of hard to come by in games anymore. I hate to say it, but I mean, when you have that many sequels and everything, it's hard to come across something that looks new, and that certainly fits that bill. Um, so before we get to our Q&A, I do want to thank our sponsors once again. And... Uh, Read their ad one more time. Uh, DeShazer Ryan Realty has been leading Northwest Montana real estate sales for over 30 years. That's pretty amazing. That's a long freaking time. Uh, his family owned and operated, so I'm assuming maybe his dad did it before him. Mm -hmm. uh, with the knowledge to help you find your own unique piece of Montana, visit www.deshazerryanrealty.com, and there you will find every property currently listed for sale in Montana. Or you can call 406-293-7706 and ask for Doug to get the ball rolling. If you aren't able to relocate to God's country, don't worry, sifters. Doug DeShazer specializes in finding you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live. He's facilitated home and land sales in California, like us, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. Feel free to email Doug with any questions at DeShazerMT at gmail.com. That's DeShazer Ryan Realty at DeShazerRyanRealty.com. And thanks again to our sponsor. It's time to get to some Q&A. Uh, we went on Twitter and asked you guys to give us questions because we weren't going to stream, and you gave us plenty. Uh, the first one comes from AJ Watson. Uh, NetherRealm has released patches. Uh, one, I'm wondering if you believe that they have made the game more enjoyable. Also, do you guys think it was a, an oversight to not ensure arcade sticks worked in all modes of the game, uh, there's no way to map consumables to an arcade stick. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, I actually have not played it with an arcade stick. Um, I've just been doing controller. Yeah. Um, which has not been ideal. Like, the PlayStation D-pad is not... Uh... No, it never is. Fighting games are always going to be better with an arcade stick. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't played it recently since they updated uh, things. Like, as I understand it, they have been trying to tweak they the have. balance. And they have tweaked it. I think for me, though, the the parts of the game that are afflicted by the grind, I don't really play. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So it, it's like a non-issue for me. It's kind of weird. Um, so it doesn't. It never really bothered me in the first place. But, I mean, I could obviously understand where people who do get into these other modes were, were off-put by it. It does seem like they've nerfed it a bit, but it still seems like they have work to do. Because yeah, I, I just feel like it's... The spirit of it is the problem. I just problem. didn't feel like you were being rewarded rapidly enough for what you were doing, and like it was go you were going literal days between opening major chests and getting like inst interesting, 
you know, content out of the crypt and stuff. And it's like, look, at the rate they were giving you current, the like various currencies, it was going to take like months to get all that stuff open. I'm cool if like I have the crypt done in like two weeks. Yeah. And then like I just have a good fighting game to play after. I, that. I have a feeling Warner Brothers had a lot to do with the problems with this game. Yeah. I, I, maybe. Yeah. I think definitely. Um, <laughs> I would be very interested <laughs> to have been a fly on the wall in the meetings between who and who. But, uh, you know, you can't, it's not like, it's not like you can like push back against some, a corporate conglomerate like that if you're, if you're nether realm. Like, I think, I think we do know though that it was Warner Brothers. Yeah. I mean, there's been some things that have happened over the last couple of days. That, well, and also the, the last couple of years, like it's just, yeah. it's just in, in line with how Warner Brothers presents its material yeah. and has, you know, really the last game they did that didn't have that sort of infesting it was Arkham Knight. Yeah. Which was a long, was time, a long ago. time ago. Uh, next from Aaron Grimshaw. This is a weird one. What console do you want to see win the next gen race? The next Xbox, PlayStation 5, the next Nintendo console, Stadia, or something else? Um, I don't know yet. I, I have an answer for it. Whichever one is the most powerful. Hmm. doesn't matter which one it is whichever one it is because if the most powerful console wins that means you're going to be playing all the best exclusives all the best third party stuff on that one console so I always root for the most powerful console to win then you are often disappointed I am yep. the, it oh, hardly ever happens yep. yeah very very rare yep. PS4 did it um, sort of yeah not anymore yeah, I mean, but it did win, and it was the more powerful of the two when they launched. Yeah. Well, apparently that's going to be the Xbox. It so. looks like it. And if that's the case, then I'll root for the Xbox to win. But to be honest with that, you, like, I don't a, really root for anything. Yeah. Like, I, you give up that stuff. After you work in this industry for so long, like, you, you don't care about, like, what platform something's on. You want everyone to succeed, and you want to play great games. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, I would, like, you know, maybe I would root against whatever Nintendo's next system is winning because it's going to be, obviously it's going to be the weakest system and I'd prefer that not to become the new paradigm. But the Wii won its generation. Most of the, I mean, the PlayStation really caught up eventually once the PlayStation 3 got real cheap. Yeah. But, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Wii won that generation and it certainly didn't change. PS2 the, won, the, it was the how weakest. The PS, how the PS4 and the PS... PlayStation and the, 1 yeah. won, it was the weakest. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's typically the weakest console wins. Yeah. It's because really the weaker console tends to be more affordable user friendly and now you're in sort of a weird situation where the weaker consoles are not all that much cheaper anymore (laughs) well not all that much cheaper but also they don't have um the same library anymore yeah Yeah. you know it would it was one thing to buy the playstation 2 and you've got all pretty much the same multi-platform games on the ps2 that you had on the gamecube and the xbox and they look better on the gamecube and the xbox but you still got to play them and that's not really turning out to be the case with the switch yep so we'll see. Like I don't know. I I'm kind of excited. I would be excited if Nintendo like turned the tables and came out with like a super powerful thing up next. If but Nintendo I, I put out the most powerful hardware, I would. But I don't Nintendo see that happening because they they've found their niche and it's working for them. So that's it. But. Yep. Uh, next up from Giovanni Costa, what games are you looking forward to this year? This year feels light compared to the last two years. A lot of them. You ain't wrong. Um, I mean, it is lighter, but there's still, I think, tons of amazing games that come out this year. I mean, I'm looking forward yeah. to just, like, Bloodstained, which oh, yeah. is coming out. Like, there's tons of games that I'm excited for this year, 
even little ones like Last of Us Part Two. If that comes out this year, well, how could you not care about that? Well, yeah, but that's an if. Like, if, I'm just thinking about the stuff we know is going to happen, and I'm kind of drawing a blank. Uh, Pokemon. There's tons of Switch stuff coming out this year. Um, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion Three. Me. I wouldn't say I'm excited to play Luigi's Mansion. A Fire Emblem. I mean, there's tons Fire of Emblem, there's yeah. tons of Switch games. Just Switch alone. Surprised we haven't gotten a date on Fire Emblem. I think why it feels like there's not much is because there aren't exclusives for PlayStation and Microsoft and Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's tons of third-party stuff coming that should be great. All those games are hitting the stride. They've all been working on this hardware for so long. All the third-party stuff is solid at this point for the most part. Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm having trouble. Thinking of later, later in the year stuff. Let's see. Well, even if you look at our, like our fantasy draft, like a lot of the games, like half of the games have come out already. And we're I mean, only I, and like a lot April. of excitement is sort of a weird. Yeah, term. that's a nebulous like, term. Yeah. Like I, I mean, morbidly curious would probably cover a lot more. <laughs> Wolfenstein Youngblood, morbidly curious. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue Three, very morbidly curious. Also, like where's Doom Eternal? Like, I mean, there's a like Bloodstained and Shenmue Three. I've already paid for through Kickstarter, so I'm already kind of in on that. I guess. Doom Eternal, Gears Five. I mean, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. There's tons of stuff well, coming. Gears Five. I don't. Know. We'll see. Jedi Fallen Order. I have yeah. hopes for. I wouldn't say. I'm excited for it. Uh, hope Absolutely. So. That's really it. Look at the... These are the confirmed releases. There's like five games confirmed for Q4. Like, we don't know anything yet, really. Yeah. And one of them's Life is Strange 2, Episode 5, which I haven't even started that series. I haven't either. Uh, Next one from Steve Moody. Since Sam is away, what is your favorite cheating method used by the New England Patriots? Well, it's got to be deflating balls. (laughs) I thought that was, like, proven, like, not to matter. And, like, it's more important that he's... That, like... Referees slap him on the butt. No, that's one. That's not true. It absolutely matters how much air is in a football. I saw some study. It's not true. I don't care. You can just catch a football that's a little deflated, and you can see how easy it is to catch a football that's lost some air. It doesn't bounce off your hands. It just you just can snag it. So it definitely makes a difference. But anyway, wouldn't the referees see that? Or the ref is that related to the referee smacking Tom Brady? Well, the referees always are touching the balls. Because they have to place the ball before every play. Mm-hmm. So if they grab the ball and they grab it and they can feel that it's not how it's supposed to be, that sends up the red flags and then they actually mm-hmm. measure the PSI in the balls. But anyway, but the they reason, didn't, right? They did, yeah. They, they measured the, the PSI in the balls. Mm. So the, what was the what was the deflate gate thing <laughs> that you never got to play with those balls? No, he did play with them. He did play with the deflated balls. Mm. And the reason I've chosen the deflated balls is because the owner of the Patriots then got his balls deflated in Florida. So. They got the double whammy for the New England Patriots. You know that story, right? No. You didn't know about that? What? The owner of the Patriots got caught in a washy wash in Florida. They have video of it. Yes. The billionaire owner of the Patriots got caught in a rub and tug in Florida. Not only that, it was the night before the AFC Championship game (laughs) that was not being played in Florida. I can't believe you don't know about this. No. And they have video of it, and now his lawyers are fighting like hell to try to keep the video of him getting a hand job out to the public. So yeah, deflate gate, hands down. You think with that much money, you wouldn't have to travel I to another know. state? I know. I know. Or to pay, pay for it. Or I know. Mm. Um, here's a good one from Tom Duvac. Which do you think is a more effective tool for marketing a game? A small announcement and formal unveiling, like Borderlands Three did, or controlled leaks 
before a formal announcement like what Activision have been doing with Call of Duty the last two years? Advertising on football games. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yep, that's the best marketing tool. (laughs) Neither of those things matter nearly as much as the mass media push in the last, like... Four to three to four weeks of up to up to release. Yeah, I mean it. It, it matters to us because we're crazy yeah. about video games and we follow it really closely. But yeah, and when you're talking that, about like return on investment. Yeah, advertising during sports. and of those two things, they both seem to generate about the same amount of hype in the you know core gaming circles. So uh, I would say whichever one you prefer. I yep. I like the I like the slow leaks uh, resulting in a uh, in a final admission kind of approach yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy that um even though i think it is mostly orchestrated these days but uh i like that it, it feels like it feels a little more spy thrillery yep uh we answer one more what's your biggest disappointment so far in 2019 oh oh and this is from uh rafael michael cuende i believe i'm saying it right anthem yeah i mean oh. i think most people would have to answer that yeah, like me, especially considering uh, it got a, it has a five team. aggregate. <laughs> especially considering it's on my team is my first pick. Oh like, yeah, that I mean, there's, like, there's levels to that. But I'm disappointed too because I was just really excited for the game. Like I yeah. really like, and I well, enjoy it's, it's playing. A lot of levels to it. It's like there's a fan- yeah. there's the fantasy pick. There's the I like what Bioware does. Is the there's the I like flying around in suit thi- Iron Man suits thing. It's the I like the sort of Destiny model game as a service idea. I generally like those games, and it just didn't deliver on any of those. Yeah. So I po- I po- that's I, an easy answer. I load it up every once in a while still, just to sort of like jump in and do some free roam and shoot some things. And it's it's you know it's not. It's not a five out of ten. It's not a five out of ten, but it's like, it's just that's like, its aggregate. Just, that's not just an outlier that gave it a five. That means a no, lot of outlets gave it like threes oh, and yeah, twos. It's just crazy. There's just, no, there's just no connective tissue there. Yeah. It's. it's uh, and you understand why when you read the the backstory. Yeah. We'll answer one more because here's a really good one actually. This is from Ian. Not really relevant to you Americans yet, but Ireland introduced today that every single home in the country will have free broadband. Supplied by the state within the next few years. What do you think of this idea? I think it'll be great as long as you can keep our speeds. Yeah, that's like on the flip side, though. Um, not to go too Colin Moriarty on, Moriarty on it, but uh, you you want the state seeing what you Google? Yeah, that's a good point. They'll have control over all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just what you Google, what you're using it for, torrents, stuff like that. If you're mm-hmm. illegally downloading stuff, yeah, it's a slippery slope. There's also obviously, I mean, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but I'm guessing that you're probably your taxes are going to go up for something like that. Theoretically. Or they're going to have to reapportion taxes from something they were spending them on mm-hmm. to this. But, I mean, the speed he mentioned sure sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, Th- thousand megabits per yeah, second. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue against free internet for everybody yeah. because, I mean, there's, I mean, it really there's probably be nothing treat- better you can invest money in than I mean, that. It really should be treated more as a public utility. Uh, it, sh- um, it is a public utility. It's a more of a utility than anything. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it isn't one. I know, technically. Yeah. In America, it's it not. Be. And that's because of political BS. Yeah. But but then you're sort of, you know, I don't know. Like, it's uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of shit going on there where in terms of privacy issues that you'd have to really monitor who can see what's happening there. Yep. Um, even more so than like the phone, the phone system, which was, which is also a utility. Yeah. Would I, do I care more about my relatives who live in rural areas getting good internet or somebody looking at what I'm surfing the internet on the internet? 
I care more that my relatives get good internet. I mean, um, I, I honestly, I don't do anything online that would get me in trouble or anything. If I did, I would probably err on that side, but I don't either. I don't. But like, it's that thing of like, if they ever decided to, right, right, yeah, uh, boom. But I don't do anything illegal. I don't use torrents. I don't, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't affect me that much. You just don't want people having your data. I don't want them to have my data because if they have my social security number and they get hacked someday, somebody else has my social mm -hmm. security number now. So, yeah, I mean, there's always that base level of privacy concern. Absolutely. Um, but sometimes you got to the, the other thing look is for like, the greater good. I don't know what it's like in Scotland. Uh, I assume that's where... where Ireland, it, I think you said. Ireland or yeah. Scotland? Um, I, don't, I, I don't remember where, whether he has an A or no A in the MIC. Um, <laughs> I can say that because I'm Irish too. But yeah. um, the uh, the thing with that is, like, I don't know what their government, what government yeah. or he is like. But I, there would require a lot more transparency to that than I trust our current government to give us. Absolutely. Let's just put it that yep. way. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's put it that way in terms of uh, our net neutrality issues right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. All right, that's going to do it for Game Face 167. Uh, we'll be back on live with the stream next week. Unfortunately, Sam was out this week on a little bit of a vacation. Uh, we'll be back with the he live stream. He goes out of town more often than the, than the rain. He's on quite a run. Yeah, yeah he's been out a lot. But uh, that should be changing. Also, obviously, we're gearing up for E3. E3 is just 30 days away, like 34 days away. Uh, we got some exciting plans we'll be sharing with you guys pretty soon. We'll also start ramping up the hype for E3. Uh, over the next few weeks here on Game Face. So I can't say thank you for watching no. until now. No. <laughs> so thanks for watching Game Face. We'll see you next week. We are up and out.